what definitely should have been the theme song of Quad Jacks when they were at their peak, Union of the Snake by Duran Duran from 1982. And I never know which songs I play are going to be loved or hated by the chat room, but it seems like this one uh, was pretty popular amongst the uh, people that are listening live right now, at least the ones that are commenting on it in the chat room. So welcome, everybody, to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. The I don't know if it's a Druff and Drexel show. I, I was going to have an update for you guys tonight. I was going to talk to Brandon today about his future on the show, and then we ended up not talking. So I'm sorry that I don't have an update um, though I, the conversation I was going to have with him today was going to be just, uh, let's figure this out. You know, are you coming back or not? And, you know, if he comes back, which I'd really love to see, the show's not the same without him, but, uh, you know, if he comes back, then great, then I'm thrilled. Then I think everybody's happy. And if he doesn't, then, uh, I move on to the next phase of this show and change the show name and, and all that. But uh, tonight is still the Druff and Drexel show. I will have a an answer for you guys about the future of Drexel by next week and probably within the next few days. So uh, I know a lot of you are anxious every week wondering whether he's coming back, and I understand that. It's kind of like uh, watching a TV show where there's one of the main characters gone. You don't know if he's ever coming back. He's like, you're like, hey, kill the guy off already or bring him back. Don't just leave us wondering every week where he is. So, um, anyway, yeah, the show was not on last week. Uh, it was an unscheduled missed week. And uh, for personal reasons, I couldn't make it. And I, I originally planned to make it, but I couldn't. So th- there were some possible makeup days, but then those didn't happen either. I said, forget it. We'll just wait until April 9th and I'll come back. But I, I promise I'll never just disappear on you guys and you know let the show not go for a few weeks or just completely stop broadcasting. Uh, the only way I'll stop that is if I'm physically unable to, which is probably if I'm dead or really sick. Otherwise, I will at least let everybody know what's going on. I'm not going to promise the show exists forever, but I will promise I'm not going to just vanish on you guys without warning. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Tonight we're going to have uh, Seriously Serious as... The second host, he's been on many times as my substitute co-host since Brandon's been gone. Uh, Brandon actually listened to one of the shows recently and said that uh, he was actually very impressed with how it sounded with Seriously Serious and China Maniac as substitute co-hosts, and uh, he said he was happy to hear that. And I agree. I, I think they've done a great job. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to go into detail because it's his business, but uh I'm afraid Sirius will not be able to, I shouldn't say will not, but there's a chance he won't be able to continue co-hosting after tonight. But we'll see what happens. I'm not going to announce anything with that until that actually occurs. And of course, uh, there's no expectation for him to co-host this show since uh, this is not really his show. This is just a, a guest hosting position that he's taken kind of for the short long term, at least for right now. And I'm always happy to have any guest hosts that donate their time to this show. And I never have any expectation that they continue or put things in their real life aside for this show when it's not a show that they were uh, signed up for in the first place. Anyway, I'm going to put them on right now. By the way, you guys notice I'm getting better with starting on time. I think we're one minute late today. I think we started 7.01. Seriously serious, hello. What's up? Whoa, that's loud. Whoa. Sorry. Don't make me turn you down. 
effect. I'm going to. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. I, if you I, I can. Uh, I can turn myself down. I, I don't care if you whisper from now on. I'm turning you down. All right. Even the whispering's loud. Wow. You know, there's there's something that's said about whispering. It's that the way to make your children listen to you is to whisper. That's probably true. I know if my parents whispered, I, I always wanted to hear what they had to say. I'm going to try that on uh, Benjamin one well, day. Well, you know, I, I, I'm more likely to listen to what my parents have to say when they scream at me. <laughs> that that works pretty good. Yeah, but when they're whispering, don't you think, hey, I wonder if they're talking about me, i got to hear, or I wonder what the secret is? That's what I would think whenever my parents would whisper. So. Well, I, I, I hear that it's kind of the other way around, where you should be very concerned when your children are being quiet. That's <laughs> cause for fear. I'll tell you, I'm actually not concerned. When Benjamin's quiet, what that means is he's run out of energy and is about to fall asleep. And uh, having a child that goes to sleep after 10.30 every night, that's actually a welcome sight when he uh, gets quiet. Anyway, I, I want to start off this broadcast with some news about one of our frequent listeners, who I see is in the chat room right now. So, of course, we'll have the jingle at the beginning. I don't know if I'm supposed to announce this, but that's just what I do on this show. I just announce things, and I hope the person's not pissed at me. Beebs 9 Dizzle, also known as Beebs 92 now has a boyfriend. She's not single anymore. I don't think anybody knew that, except for a few people. But no, it's no one on PFA, apparently. And I don't know who her boyfriend is. But I know she has a boyfriend, and I made sure to ask her, is it someone from this forum? <laughs> She's saying Jesus Christ in the chat. <laughs> no, I'm happy for her I mean, I, I assume if she's in a new relationship That she's got to be happy, at least for the moment I mean, all relationships are good in like the first week or two It's, it's after that you you have to Navigate rough waters sometimes But, uh, you know, congratulations to her For being in the uh, new relationship And uh, double congratulations For it not being a guy from this forum That's very wise Very um, wise there on you, her part there, there you have it, she's off the market I thought I had a shot there Yeah, well you might, you, you, especially with uh, girls her age. She's only uh, 20 or 21 years old. Uh, things usually don't last too long with girls of that age. They're, they're very fickle. A guy that they are obsessed with, that they're just totally into one day, they can wake up the next day and say, eh, I'm not really into this guy anymore. I don't really like is, him that much anymore. Is that something you grow out of? Yes. Uh, it's something that really happens more to girls, I've noticed. I, I've noticed that... Uh, um, Young girls are terrible with being fickle as far as uh, how they feel about a guy one day versus the next day. It happened to me. It's happened to so many other guys I've known. In fact, it happened to me so often that I actually wished to get older so I would not have to deal with this anymore. So I could go out with older women who don't have this problem. So she she just said, I'm getting enough grief with my family. <laughs> I don't know what grief she's getting. I'm I'm giving her props for this. I'm giving her kudos. Now, PLOL wanted to point out here, twinks are the same way. That's uh, that's something I didn't know. But I learn something new every day with our uh, multicultural group that listens it, to the show. It really is a melting pot here at PFA. <laughs> so so I, when, you're, when young people you know, uh, form new relationships, there's often a period of lots of infatuation and, and passion and you know high emotions and things like that. Are you, are you telling me that when you grow a little bit older and you form new relationships that they're just not as exciting? Does no, it get that's boring? Not true. No, it actually doesn't get boring. It actually, you have the best of both worlds where you do have the excitement at the beginning, but you don't have the girl 
as often like going from loving you to not wanting to ever see you again for no reason, you know, from one day to the next, which I noticed would happen to me a lot when I was 17, 18, 19. And as I got older, that was hardly ever happening. Usually when the girl wouldn't, would go from like a lot of interest to very little interest, it would be over time or for a reason. So, uh, but when I was like a teenager, this happened constantly and it pissed me off because, you know, I'm a very logical guy. So I would think, okay, what did I do wrong? I'm the same person as yesterday. We didn't have a fight. I didn't do anything to her. I didn't do anything. Like I couldn't figure it out, and it, it would drive me nuts, absolutely nuts. And when well, I, I don't think it's just the girl thing. I think I think young boys do that a lot too. They do, but I th- I think it's worse with girls. I've never gone out with boys, so I, I guess you know PLOL says twinks are the same way. So maybe I'll at least gay guys are <laughs> have that in common with girls. I don't know about straight guys. You know, I I've never gone out with a guy and never will. So. Can't answer one of, from that side. One of my one of my first girlfriends when I was a teenager uh, was really nice and really hot, and I dumped her for virtually no oh, reason, geez. and <laughs> I regretted it not long after that. But you know, um, you, you just, didn't feel bad doing this, like when you dumped her. The when you dumped her, just well, no, I no, it's kind of I didn't feel bad about it. I felt bad for myself later when I when I said, "Oh God, what was I thinking?" Well. I'll tell you, the first time I ever dumped a girl, it was in 1990. I remember it very well. It was in February 1990, or sorry, April 1990. So it was uh, 23 years ago. And uh, all the girls I had been with before then, either dating or like relationships, it was always something where the girl either dumped me or it was mutually ended. We never once had a situation where the girl was still into me and I had dumped her until then until April 1990, when I was just barely 18 years old. And when I had to do this, I felt so bad. I thought, she hasn't really done anything wrong. She's, you know, she seems like a nice girl. You know, how do I explain this? And the, the truth was, I just wasn't into her anymore. And I just wasn't all that much into her in the first place. Uh, but, I, you know, I went out with her because she was nice. And then I kind of just, after about six weeks of this, I'm like, eh, you know, I, I just don't want to continue. And I felt so bad dumping her, just so bad. And uh, I actually preferred to go back to the old way to where the girls dump me. That's why I don't well, it sounds it. it sounds like a moment of indiscretion where, as you said before, you're typically a very logical person. So you might not even initiate a relationship with somebody that you're not into as much or you, you think might not really go anywhere. Like if the girls are stealing your, your diet Shasta and trying to make off with it, <laughs> then you'll think, you know, I, I don't think uh, I don't think this is really going to work out for me. So you uh, <laughs> the one time that you kind of did you know, uh, without perhaps thinking it all the way through, then you found yourself in a situation where you go ahead and just dump her. Apparently she's uh, not very happy about me revealing her relationship. She said, I'll never forgive you, Druff. And I have to admit, I think I probably did this as revenge for her constantly and incessantly adding me to stupid games on Facebook. And she knows I don't want them, but she keeps adding me. I'm like, I got to do something back. So... I've gotten my revenge now for all the uh, 20,000 Farmville requests I've received from her. Okay. Well, you don't you don't invite specific people to those games, right? You're just inviting every single person on your friends list? Isn't I don't that how know. it works? I don't, I don't play them, but I know there's ways to exclude people because there have been people who've invited me in the past, and I have, you know, I, I've... I've told them, please don't do this again. I don't, I don't want to be invited to games, and they stop. So somehow they stop with me and not other people. Okay. So, now, I know I know you can uh, 
You see, anytime this happens and I click the no button, there's a checkbox for always block invitations to this app, which is fine, I guess. But there's a better way to do it. And Zuckerberg, if you're listening, take heed. I want to be able to block game invitations from specific people because there are, as you said, repeat offenders. I want to block them from all people. I want to have an option. Don't ever invite me to any games at any time on Facebook. I don't ever want to see this. Why why don't they have that option? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I guess you know the problem is they they don't want that because they want people to be drawn into these games. They they don't want a situation where too many people opt out. So anyway, uh, um, this is not the way I expected to start off the show, but uh, and, and I apologize to Beebs if she's really angry at me. I don't know if she's feigning anger or actually anger, but I since she made it public on Facebook, I didn't think it was a, a huge deal. I, I normally wouldn't reveal anyone's secrets on the show unless there's someone I really hate, and even then I probably wouldn't. Well, that's not true. Let me tell you about the agenda tonight. Uh, Before I tell you about the agenda, though, we have a tournament for $50. And I want to thank five people for donating money for this tournament. It wasn't like one generous person this time. It was five generous people who added up money to make $50. We have Fatman548, and I asked him once, are you actually fat? And he said yes. So uh, I don't know if the 548 means how much he weighs, but uh, Fatman548, an actual fat guy. $10. Bubbles, $5. Hockey Guy, $5. Matt the Rat, $10. And someone who doesn't donate all too often, but uh, has been generous in the past uh, with a number of things, including some things behind the scenes. Trader SHKY, I'm not even sure how to pronounce his name. Actually, I've met him before. He's a nice guy. I went to dinner with him one time. Um, He donated $20 to even it out to $50 because we were at $30 and he sent $20. So I appreciate that from Trader SHKY. And that brings us to 50. This is a No Limit Hold'em tournament on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. Go to the very top of the screen to find that poker room. It's a total free poker room. It's uh, a play money room, but you don't even need play chips to play this tournament. Totally free. Prizes are first $25, second $13, third $7, fourth $5. To qualify for the free roll, we have a new date. January 1st, 2013. So that's when you need to have registered an account on Poker Fraud Alert by. So if you have an account registered any time in 2012 or on January 1st of 2013, doesn't matter if you've ever posted, as long as you have a registered account here that's in good standing, then you qualify for the free money, which I will send you by PayPal, bank transfer, or check. Just PM me, Dan Space Druff, after you win... But if you do not have a registered account dated January 1st or before, you will need to email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, or PM me here, and explain how long you've been listening, tell me some details of the show you liked, etc., etc., etc. And yeah, what the hell? I, I have a, a phone call coming in from an area code I absolutely hate, 424. Caller, you're on the air. Please turn off your radio. Oh, sorry. Uh, you're still announcing the free roll thing on on the radio. Are you still doing that? Or yes, because I'll shut up if you are. Okay, you okay, can shut ahead. up for a second. Thank you. So to finish off here, just send me a message and tell me about what you've heard on here, what you like on the show, what you don't like, things you've seen on the forum. Convince me you've been around and you didn't just find this yesterday, and I will give you an exception to qualify for this and other free rolls. Anyway, we have a caller on here. Uh, by the way, the radio tournament starts at seven forty p.m. That's 19 minutes from now, Pacific time. No limit hold'em. 
no late registration, so make sure to get in there as soon as you can. And uh, good luck. So uh, we have a caller from 424. I don't know if that's your real area code or if it just came up. Oh, no, it's Ryland. It's Ryland. It's Ryland. I'm in, actually, I'm in Minnesota. This is just a 424 number. Um, Why do you have a 424 number? Because yeah, I, <laughs> I was traveling, bro. <laughs> it's like an L.A. area dude. number. Who is this? Is I it, know, dude. It's Eric Ryland. Let me tell you about 424 and why I hate <laughs> yes. it. I'm going to tell you why I hate 424. I said it's an area code I hate, and it's true. Um, when I was That's Beverly Hills, bro. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what's going on with 424. When I moved to California, I wasn't born in California, but when I moved to California in 1973, uh, I, I it was 213 where I moved into. Almost all of L.A. was 213. The Valley was 213. Just about all of L.A. was 213. Then in uh, 1990... Well, actually, in 84, it split to 213 and 818, but I stayed 213. Then in 1990, my area code changed to 310. And I was okay with that. I, I, can, I could accept 310. But I'll tell you what I absolutely despise is when 424 came out. And the reason I despise 424 so much is because it's known as an overlay. An overlay is an area code that's in the same area as another area code. So that your next-door neighbor could have a different area code than you, which just seemed ridiculous to me. Now, I know with cell phones, so many people have different area codes now, it doesn't matter as much. But back then, you know, there weren't all that many people with cell phones, and people who did typically had one that was related to their home area because uh, a lot of people didn't even have long distance on their cell phone or, or on their home phone to call cell phones. So uh, I hated overlays with a passion, and I hated 424 numbers. And I remember when I got a, a new phone line when I moved somewhere, still within 310, they offered me a 424 number, and I refused to take it, and I Ooh. demanded a 310 number. And I got one. <laughs> anyway, so so that's that's my story of hating four two four and all overlays for that matter. But uh, Ryland, uh, Jeff, I, I I apologize today tonight for calling in with the four two four number. Okay. I will, I'll I'll change it just for you. That's not a lie. Okay, thank you. So so go ahead, tell me. Oh, by uh, the way, that by yeah. the way that free roll, man. The one time I played it, like it was like a. I know this is like a cool story, bro, but it was like a five way all in. And I had top set and just uh, like four people called behind me because I shoved over somebody and they all called just to try to bad meet me, I guess. And some dude like ran, ran out of straight for like, uh, it was like 50% of the trips in play Jeez. at the final table. Well, good, good for you that the top prize was probably like 25 bucks. So it, it couldn't have been that crushing. <laughs> no, dude, it was actually, it was actually the biggest free roll um, that, that up until that time, I can't remember. Oh, what that was, was the, that was one of the big anyway, ones, like a three hundred dollar pool. Okay, so so okay, uh, Ryland, yeah. I'm sure you didn't call in to tell us a bad beat story. What, what are you calling it for? <laughs> yeah, this is my bad beat story. Just break your your heart, Ralph. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So remember when you were talking about bitcoins the other radio show? Like maybe it was even the last one because you missed last week. Um, they were at they were at. You're like, oh, they're at fifty dollars. You know, remember that mm-hmm. for sixty. Mm-hmm. Guess what today's high was for for a fucking Bitcoin for one Bitcoin. I haven't looked, but I'm guessing it was around 200. It's 240 dollars. Wow, I didn't Isn't see that it nuts. Up. That is nuts. It, it's and funny. I was thinking, man, I when they were 60 dollars when I was listening to you, listening to you, I was like, man, I should buy a couple of these because I just thought because of all the hype that it was really going to go up. That's what I thought too. I, I, I regret the same thing. Yeah. I, I when it was 39, I remember having a discussion with someone. And telling them, you know, it's thirty nine dollars right now. I think it's going to keep going up. I think I should buy some. And then I just didn't. And it's not that I think there's a great future in bitcoins, but I think there's a 
short-term future in Bitcoin. Short-term, in, in short yes. And it's, yes. it's been proven here. And I thought, you know, I, I go to poker rooms and risk thousands of dollars all the time. Would it really hurt me that much to like put 10K into Bitcoin to 39 bucks? And I have to admit, if I, you know, if I yeah. had 10K worth of Bitcoin to 39 bucks, I'd probably release them around now at 240. Or even like $2,000 if, you know, obviously long-term the, the government's going to swoop in and it's going to all crash. But, you know, that's my opinion, but that's like the general consensus. But even like $2,000 worth and just if they like, you know, you get like a five times return on your investment in two months, I mean... You know, that's what I think. Yeah, but so now, now, now it's gotten to the point, yeah, it's like 240, and I'm thinking, okay, well, now that it's so high already, even, <laughs> exactly, if, it goes, exactly. even if it goes up to like 400, <laughs> yeah, even if it goes up to 400, I haven't I even doubled my money, week, so. and then there's a legitimate chance it crashes down <laughs> to almost zero, so I'm like, crap, now I don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call in, I'm going to call in next week in the radio show, I'm going to let you know how much they're, they're worth, all okay. right? All right, Ryan. So then you. we can, we can, uh. We can uh, be like, damn, we should have bought last week. I know, I, told you. I know. I, I have many regrets. Like, <laughs> right. I, I have many regrets of d- different things like this. Okay, thank you, Ryland. All right, have a good show, Jeff. I'll thank, be listening. Thank you. One of my other regrets that, that would have even made a lot more money than buying Bitcoins, in, in 1994, I had a discussion with one of my friends of, hey, you know what we should do? We should buy up a bunch of these dot-com websites, just the name, just, just hold the names, and uh, sell them later. Like, just buy common English word dot .com names. And I said, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, this guy says to me. And then we don't do it. And then, the, you know, there are sites like business.com selling in, like, the year 2000 for $7 million. So I, I, I wouldn't even have needed $7 million from that. I would have been happy if I sold, uh, you know, some dot .com I bought for... $1 million. So... You seem to have a lot of these ideas where uh, you have an idea and you say, we should do that, and then you don't do it. Yeah. And you've, you've already brought up two, the two shots that you missed yeah. or, that you, or that you didn't even take. But how many shots, how many, how many ideas like this would have failed miserably that you also eventually did not do? Um, I did have an idea about shorting stock for uh, New Year's 2000. Because I thought there was going to be some big crash because people panicked. I didn't think there was going to be like real major Y2K problems, but I thought everyone was going to panic right before Y2K, and and uh, the stock market was going to drop, and it didn't actually happen. So I would have lost on that one, but I didn't do that either. So I, I must admit I did. I did have a few fail ideas in there that I also didn't do, and was happy I didn't do. But I don't know. Uh, I think especially now when I have the money to take risks on things like this, like I, I just should have bought some bitcoins at stupid thirty nine dollars and and. You know, if I if I lost the money, if I put 10k into it and lost the 10k, it would have sucked. I would have felt stupid, but you know, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. It's not like I was going to be putting up my whole net worth in bitcoins. So, oh, seems well. like uh, it seems like a lot of people have stories of their one chance they had to be rich that they blew or they passed on or something. This is my first one. <laughs> I hope I hope I'll have more shots and I like, that I don't miss them. I, I like how people are uh, rubbing it into me now. The snake in the ass, whoever that is says, what about not becoming a poker affiliate during the boom? Now, I've talked about that before. He's got to rub that in. Yes. Uh, I, I heard about the poker affiliates during the poker boom, and I just never got in on it. I talked about it. I even talked about people I knew who I could get to uh, kind of work for me so for some of the grunt work for it, and I would have hired to work for me for the poker affiliate. I just never put it all in place, and yeah, I would have made a lot of money then, too, if I 
got into that. So, all right. Let's, let me give you the agenda tonight. We haven't talked about anything on the agenda here. So far, we've talked about uh, relationships. We've talked about Beeb's 92. We've talked about uh, Bitcoins. We took a call from Ryland and uh, talked about things that uh, I missed out on that could have made me a lot of money. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about the World Series of Poker offering a beta test version of the real money version of WSOP.com. Real Money Poker on WSOP.com. Can you believe it? This is for U.S. players, but only U.S. players in Nevada. And we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the promise they're making to their highest-ranking players. Not poker players, but the highest-ranking players within the Caesars Corporation, the Seven Stars members, a promise they made to them in the booklet uh, when that was mailed out recently. Lock Poker. Every, every show we have something about Lock Poker. Every single show. Yes. <laughs> it never ends. That, when is it going to end? That's why when they finally go down. Uh, Lock Poker temporarily loses their 2 plus 2 ads. They ha- they've had ads for a long time on 2 plus 2. They didn't for a short time. Not because anyone was putting their foot down and finally saying, hey, we're not going to allow them to advertise on 2 plus 2 because they're so shady. No, that hasn't been done yet. It's because they didn't pay 2 plus 2. They're, they're so poor they couldn't even play, pay 2 plus 2 for their ads. Uh, the ads are back, but uh, they did temporarily lose their 2 plus 2 ads. I'm going to talk about Lock Poker a little bit more and, and what that little ad situation, I think, means for Lock Poker. Ray Bittar. How much jail time did he get? A decision's come down as far as Ray Bittar and uh, the time he'll spend behind bars. The sentence he's going to get, that sentence is absolutely nothing. He's not spending any time in jail, and it's for a pretty ridiculous reason, in my opinion. We'll talk about that. I'm going to confirm right now, and I'll talk a little bit more about it later in the show, that I will be in a DVD extra of a major theatrical movie that's going to be released in September. You won't see me in September, but you will see me whenever that movie comes out on DVD. I'll tell you what movie that is. I talked about it two weeks ago. Uh, It is confirmed. I will be on that DVD extra, and uh, you'll be able to watch me on a DVD of a movie you'd probably be buying a DVD of anyway. And I shouldn't say probably, but you might be. It's a poker-related movie. Carbon Poker cheats a poker fraud alert member. Now, I, I don't talk too much about Carbon Poker. For the most part, I don't have an issue with them. They're not like Lock Poker, but occasionally they do a stupid thing, and they've done it again. Uh, a, a member on our site got ripped off in the Last Man Standing promotion they had. I'll explain that promotion and how this guy got ripped off. Occasionally, I like to talk about old scams and scandals in poker when they have some relevance to today. Uh, this is one of those times, a 2009 story about Isildur, Victor Blom, being cheated by Peter Jepsen, also known as Zup. Zup admitted that he cheated, sort of, I mean, when I say cheated, he, he multi-accounted against uh, Isildur in 2009. Isildur lost 800k during that whole thing. And uh, he's admitted to it, finally. And he has some complaints about Victor Blom playing victim now over the whole thing, saying that he shouldn't be playing victim, and he explains why. I'll give my take on that. Royal Canadian Bank, also known as RBC, is sending out warning letters related to online poker. We'll talk about that. Zynga Poker. Anyone who's ever been on Zynga Poker has seen how absolutely horrendous the players are there. This is the... uh, Poker you can play through Facebook, the original Facebook poker game offered by Zynga, who created Farmville and so many other games. 
I played Zynga Poker when it first came out, and the players were so terrible, it wasn't even fun. It was one of these things where just everyone was so awful, it was just a luck fest. Uh, I am, yeah, sure, if it was for real money, I'd sit there and grind, but there wasn't much fun in it. There wasn't much poker skill, because everyone was just like, all in, all in, all in with crap. Well, so, Todd, you have to you have to climb your way to the top on Zynga Poker. <laughs> yeah. You started at the bottom, but if you had built your bankroll and you you know worked your way up to the nosebleeds, those guys take that very seriously. That's They're not fooling true. around. That's probably true. Anyway, a lot of people have the dream of what if Zynga actually offered real money online poker? How much money could be made from that? Well, they are, but not the way you think they they might be. I'll explain that later in the show. Uh, we had a fail segment a few weeks ago, and when we have a fail segment. I say, hey, let's do it again. The leaked celebrity phone numbers, I'm going to try to call a few more. I'm not going to sit here forever dialing a bunch of them because a lot of them were fake or old. But I got a few more. I'll try them and see what happens. And uh, we'll talk to whoever answered the phone. That'll be the end of the show. So that's the agenda for tonight. I want to thank Sirius the Series once again for joining us. And uh, next week we will have some kind of announcement with what's going on with Brandon and, and his future on this show, and, and what we will do with the show if he doesn't come back. I, it's not like I'm holding back an announcement that I, I know I'm going to make. I, I really don't know what I'm going to say. It could be next week that I'll have Brandon back. It could be next week that I'll say Brandon's coming back in such and such time. It could be next week that I say Brandon's not coming back. He's gone. So we'll see. So uh, let me just jump right into the first topic here. I guess the most interesting one to me. And that is the... World Series of Poker official website, WSOP.com, offering real money online poker to Nevada residents. Now, they're offering only right now a beta testing piece of software, and I have not downloaded it. I just heard about this today. It's only open to Nevada residents to try for beta testing. I don't know when they say beta testing, if they mean actually play for real money right now, or if they mean play for play money but also test our ability to be able to tell if you're in Nevada. But whatever it I, is, I would have to think it's the latter. I think so, too. But uh, anyway, I'm going to download it uh, probably shortly after the show and give my opinion on it. Um, again, you have to be in Nevada. I don't know what they're going to be using to detect you being in Nevada. Or not. I, don't know, I don't know if you need an uh, ID from Nevada. I, I heard you do need an ID to sign up for it, but I don't know if you have to physically be in Nevada because... The original rule, and the rule that's still in place for offering real money in Nevada as far as online poker, is that you have to physically be in Nevada. It doesn't matter if you live there. You can be from out of state and currently be in Nevada, you can play it, or you can be a resident there. But if you're a resident of Nevada that's traveling, you actually can't play it. So you actually just physically have to be standing in Nevada, and and they of course they're going to have to use uh, geolocation technology to be able to tell whether you are or not. And I, it, it's pretty flawed technology, I'll tell you right now. People will is find, it really? Yeah, people. Will, I, I don't know about their technology, but th- there's no perfect geolocation. Now, uh, of course, if it's a home internet connection, like uh, you know a cable modem, a FiOS, whatever, yeah, it's pretty easy to tell where the person is, at least what state they're in. Where it gets very tough is wireless connections. And those are getting more and more common. So I don't know if they're just going to disallow all, all wireless IPs to connect to it or, or what they're going to do. It's very difficult. So I, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with that. But uh, I, I will try it out and let you guys know my opinion. Uh, something that's interesting to me, aside from this beta test, was what appeared in the Caesars Seven Stars brochure. And uh, let me see, let me get this... Uh, I gotta get the uh, 
picture up here. Here we are. In the Seven Stars brochure, which they send out to all people who are Seven Stars members, Seven Stars are the people who have the highest level card at Caesar's Properties, the highest level total rewards card. It means you've gambled a lot at their properties. And when I say gamble, I don't mean you sit in the poker room and grind all day. I mean you gambled in their games against the house, against house-backed games, blackjack, slot machines, whatever. So if you're Seven Todd, Stars... Todd, isn't this information reserved for Seven Star members? Yes, I'm just hoping... Are, nobody, you, are you allowed to be revealing this? I'm hoping that nobody is listening to this from the Caesar Corporation. And they Yes, this is a very secret brochure... And I, I committed a cardinal sin by actually posting a link to the Seven Stars brochure on PokerFraudAlert.com. If you want to, if you want to see the Seven Stars brochure and see what Seven Stars get, then go to the Flying Stupidity forum on Poker Fraud Alert and look at the thread called "2013 Seven Stars Guide Online." Oh my! And you'll see it. You'll see a link to it. You can read the Seven Stars brochure without having to lose like a million dollars there. Anyway. Here's what it says on, I think, page 4 or 5 of the brochure. New for 2013. Game back online. And it's, it's like a little pun. Game back on, parentheses, line. Very clever, Caesars. <clears throat> online poker for real money. Coming soon. For over 40 years, the World Series of Poker has been the most trusted name in the game. I wouldn't say that, but all right. Uh, and now that real money online poker is back... All the excitement and action of the World Series of Poker comes home to you. Soon you will be able to play online poker anytime, anywhere in Nevada at WSOP.com. You can even earn rewards credits when you play. Stay tuned for updates and be sure to check WSOP.com for the latest news. Now the real interesting thing out of that is that it says in the top, new for you in 2013. So they're trying to promise their Seven Stars members Sometime in 2013, it's coming. That's that's what I'm getting from this. Now, it may not be, but uh, that's what they're claiming. The fact that they have a, a beta version of the site already to run is a good sign that they're really trying to move on this. Well, and, they've had uh, they've had Caesars Interactive division that's been around for a long time. Yeah, so hasn't I, I it? Get, they've been they've been preparing. Yes, so they yeah they've been ready. And, and South Point uh, South Point Poker Room. Uh, has sort of kind of done the same thing. I don't know if it exists anymore, but it used to be on that Zen Poker Network where they had the uh, the UFC online poker where everybody was playing with play money, but they were sort of giving out free prizes. Uh, South Point Poker Online. I heard South Point's uh, beta test was a fail site, though. I heard it was terrible. It, it was pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, but I, I played on it several times. It was kind of fun. Uh, okay. I, this might be sort of the same thing until they actually roll out the real money. Yeah, I'm really curious to see this. I'm really curious to see if this is a fail site or if it's okay. Or I, I hope it's at least okay. I hope it's not a complete fail site. That'd be an embarrassment of the World Series. But the World Series does embarrass itself a lot of times. So you never know. Uh, <coughs> anyway, Jay Stat in our chat room says, Caesar sent me a mailing... I think he said mailer, but it sent me a mailing claiming WSOP online poker will be legal this year. So, all righty. And uh, we'll see if that actually happens. But it's kind, uh, of a bold, it's kind of a bold announcement to make, isn't that, it? That is a bold announcement. And uh, they'll look a little bit foolish if it doesn't come to pass, but I'm sure they'll find a way to blame the government. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, that's if you want to play on that side, you can find the thread. It's called... Uh, 
WSOP Real Money site looking for beta testers, Nevada residents only. That's on the Flying Stupidity Forum as well. And I have a link to where you can download the software, and I will be doing that myself later. You know, I was just thinking that if they're tr- if they were to try to verify that you're a Nevada resident by making you fax in your driver's license or you know proof of residence, so that would just be a huge hassle and could be kind of a barrier to uh you know to getting fish and, and such to to join the website and play online poker. But maybe don't you need to uh, present your driver's license when you get a player's card on Caesar's properties? Yes. So and on those players' cards, there's like some sort of ID number for the players' card, right? There is, but I I can't see just submitting that number. I I don't know. I I I think that they're doing a lot of verification because they don't want minors to play, and they're very you know they really want to see a physical ID. Now, of course, a minor can take his dad's ID and send it in, but uh, I think they're trying to go through the motions to show they're serious about preventing minors from playing. Well, yeah. that kind of sucks, you know. If you make people jump through a lot of hoops to sign up, it's gonna, it's gonna scare a lot. Of, not scare a lot of people off. It's just gonna, fewer people are gonna be joining in. That was kind of what made the poker boom from 2003 onward. So it was really easy to to create accounts at Full Tilt and Poker Stars and Party and websites like that. So when people when people speculate that there might be a second boom coming along, if they're all gonna be hard to get on, then that's just not gonna happen, is it? I think. It'll still happen to some degree because you have to remember credit cards stopped working for the most part a long time ago, and you had to find alternate ways to deposit, and people still did. Uh, now, when it got really, really hard, that drove the fish away. But uh, I think the fish are willing to tolerate a little bit of inconvenience to play. Uh, they just don't want a, a huge inconvenience to play. They don't want to have to where they they don't want to have to be where they read forums and all the stuff to figure out how to do it or or what the best deposit methods are right at the moment. And they, they don't want to jump through a million hoops. But I think just sending in an ID on a one-time basis, while it would be better if people didn't have to do that for the game, I, I think that wouldn't be a killer. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if this works. But definitely they need a larger pool than just Nevada. That'll definitely be a fail site if it's only Nevada. And I know they're trying to get New Jersey and other states to join in with them. And they're, they claim, Nevada claims this is not going to violate federal law. I don't them. see how. <laughs> I don't see how that could be yeah, that's how they seem kosher. To that's... Yeah, it, it seems weird to me that they can cross state lines, if, even if the states both agree. But they, they seem to feel that, and as long as the federal government doesn't interfere. Now, now the problem with the federal government interfering is it's not like uh, with STARS and Full Tilt where they have to put together a whole criminal case and it takes a long time. Uh, this would be something where the federal government just says, hey, you're violating the law. Stop. You're violating federal law, Nevada. Quit it. And then they have to quit it. They can try to present a legal challenge to it, but uh, it'll happen pretty fast if the federal government wants to stop it. But we will see if the federal government has an interest in doing that. They, they may not care, or they might. We don't know. Uh, I think it has to do with – it may have to do with how many states opt in. If we have, like, 30 states opting in, the federal government may get concerned. If it's, like, five states, they may not. That's just my opinion, though. So uh, that's the story with the World Series of Poker beta testing site. That's all I know for right now. Uh want to move on and talk about lock poker another talk about lock poker every week we have lock poker on here hey if i if i could just backtrack real quick and ask you one question about that last topic you got this in your seven star brochure yes now let's speculate for just a moment here and suppose that real money online poker at world series of poker.com does get online by the end of the year do you think that comps and things like that might apply. Could you grind your way to seven star by playing online poker? Well, that's what they're saying. They're saying you could earn reward credits, which I assume also means you can earn tier credits. Tier credits are what raise your levels. 
you can't buy anything with tier credits. They just raise your levels up. It's like VPPs on Poker Stars. Uh, reward credits or RCs are the ones that are those are your comps, and uh, they have nothing to do with your level, but they they have to do with what you can uh, get for free at these properties that are kind of like FPPs on Poker Stars. So, but they said you're going to earn RCs, so I assume you're probably going to earn tier points. So yes, I think it's possible you could grind your way up. I don't know if the seven star, but you could grind your way up depending on what they give you. Uh, th- yes, you definitely could. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, uh, and you should be able to. I mean, you're paying rake; they're making money off you. So. Oh, they could probably give away World Series of Poker packages away too, like the uh, the other sites stopped doing. But oh, World of course, of course of they will. I'm sure they will. In fact, they they're already giving away World Series packages to seven stars. If you've just like if you're like a super baller seven star, that's just ran up like 3 million tier points, which is like super hard to do. Uh, they'll actually give you a World Series of Poker main event t- ticket. But Nice. Yeah. But that, I can't stress how hard that is to do. Last year, I got uh, 150,000. You need 3 million to get that World Series seat, so I, I wouldn't even have come close. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Lock Poker and uh, their little uh, situation with 2 plus 2. Now, before I begin... Lock Poker does appear from all signs to be really, really in trouble as far as uh, how much money they have on hand. They're having a real hard time paying people. They're doing all kinds of things to try to prevent having to owe anyone any more money. It looks like they're so much in debt, they're doing, they're pulling all these shenanigans to try to prevent having to pay anyone more than they have to pay people. So we already had a skin Adam and Eve Poker close. It was like a Russian skin of their network because Locke was not paying them what they owed. Uh, we have players both in the U.S. and not in the U.S. taking four months or more to get paid. It's just a complete mess over on Lock Poker. If you really have to play on the Revolution Network, which is what Locke owns, do it on something like Intertops or a reputable skin that is still paying people. I think Intertops, you can't sign up a new U.S. account at this point. You have to be grandfathered in, but uh, that's the only way you should be playing on that network. And I wouldn't be surprised if even the reputable skins there pull off very soon or delay your cash outs until Locke pays them. So um, I, I think Intertops is probably just going to eat it because they've been around so long, but they, they may drop off the network soon. I have no information on that, but th- this can't persist forever. Uh, Caller, you're on the air. All right, good call. Thank you. Any guesses as to who that was? Oh, uh, seven seven zero area code, which I believe is Georgia. So I don't know. I don't know who called from Georgia and just sat there and hung up on me. I guess someone had a change in heart. But anyway, uh, Locke is in big trouble. They did that segregation where they uh, were separating the middle and high limit games on their skin away from the other skins, so Locke players couldn't play other skins players and lose money to them. <laughs> yeah, how's that working out? <laughs> Uh, not very well. And then they, they also did this, what they call fair play technology, where they're uh, not letting bad players play good players. The whole thing's such a freaking mess. And, uh, of course, you still have the people who are promoting Locke. People like the Grinder and, and others. Melanie Wisner, I think Matt Stout, others that are promoting Locke, despite everything that's happening. Which I think if they if they really are ignorant to it, I'm not saying it's an excuse, but it's not as bad. But if you know that Locke is not paying people, if you know Locke is most likely broke or close to it and you're still promoting them on your Twitter, 
you're, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something bad. You're, you're leading your fellow poker players to the slaughter. So you might not be stealing the money personally, but you are leading them into a very bad situation. And people who are your fans, people who, who like you, who enjoy watching you on TV, who admire you, you're, you're doing a disservice to these people. So anybody listening to this show that's doing this, or knows somebody that's doing this, please, please stop. Please stop promoting lock poker until they get their act together. Because you're, you're leading people who are not very well informed, who are just your fans, into doing something that's, that's very bad for them. And that is putting their money on a site where they can't cash out, where they're going to lose whether they win or lose at poker. Are they, really, are they really leading people, though? Because I like Melanie Weisner, but really, how many people do you think signed up to lock poker just because she happens to be sponsored there? What, how many people are getting drawn in? I can understand when it's like full tilt and you've got those red pros, or sorry, team full tilt, you know, those guys that you see on TV all the time and, you know, they're all patched up on high stakes poker and shows like that. That could certainly draw in a lot of people. But when we're talking about lock poker, how many people are really being victimized by their stable? I don't know. And, and I admit that Melanie Weisner does not have the same draw as Phil Ivey. But, I mean, and uh, how much harm are they causing, I guess, is what Well, I'm even if it's one person. I, I, I don't even like if it's one person. Because I just don't like when people are saying, hey, sign up for this site, go play on this site, play with me on this site. And, and they're saying this to the people who like them and follow them and, and admire them. And then, in reality, this site is not paying anyone. And they know it. And that's just... But- I don't. I don't actually see it. Maybe Melanie Weisner was a bad example, but you know, just pick any anyone else from their stable. Perhaps someone lesser known, because there's a bunch of them on lock. I understand now, but I never see any of these guys going on Twitter saying, "Hey, I'm about to go sit down in this tournament. Come join me, or uh, or sign up here through my link, or or anything like that." I I don't see too many of these guys actively promoting lock. There's there's some that do it. There's some that do, some that don't. But uh, and the ones that aren't, fine. You know, if just just having a presence as a lock pro, I would still say you shouldn't have at this point after what's happened. But uh, at least if you're just listed on their site as a lock pro, but are not promoting them, it's not that bad. But if you're promoting them, then you're you're just bringing people over there when you shouldn't be. They they have major major problems. This is not a small thing anymore. This is not just uh, me having a personal beef with them. This is they're just not paying people. It's a, it's really bad. It's really bad. And and to for them to not be able to pay two plus two for their advertising is and I don't think this is an oversight. I don't think someone forgot to send in the check. I think that they didn't have the money, couldn't pay 2 plus 2. 2 plus 2 said, screw this, we're taking down your ads. And they're like, oh, crap, you know what? Uh, 2 plus 2 gets us a lot of players. We should sign back up. And that's that's something else. I want to call out 2 plus 2 there. And if this means they're going to ban me again, then so be it. But 2 plus 2 should not be allowing these ads up there. They, they wouldn't allow UB ads after this whole scandal happened. So so why why allow lock ads when there's so many shady things going on with lock when when all the intelligent people following lock situation having concluded that lock poker is in big trouble and can't pay people why why did I cut did I cut off the, the broadcast no, no we're still uh, on. I don't no I think I think we're still here someone okay. said see the chat room makes me paranoid I shouldn't read the chat room someone said fun while it lasted. Like, oh, That's crap. not a reliable person to be listening to. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I don't know. I thought uh, I thought the chat failed. Oh, so uh, oh, but if I can interject, apparently uh, apparently I was totally off base about saying that these people don't go on Twitter and, and promote it. Apparently they do. They say, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm playing a tournament this Sunday. Come join me 
on LockPoker.com. So <laughs> yeah. I guess I was wrong about that. Yeah, so I, I just I wish people would stop doing this. I, I wish that uh, you know, Melanie Wisner and Ned Oberstad, the grinder, I wish they'd just say, crap, we owe something back to the community we're part of. We're not going to lead them to the slaughter here. We're not going to lead their, their money to the slaughter. If, it, if people lose money on a poker site because they lose a poker, fine. It's part of the game. Now, you don't want to lose money on a poker site because they don't pay you when you win. And any any site that has that situation going on, you should not ever be promoting to your fans or friends. You just should not be doing it. Anyway, if not if not for the two plus two situation, this would probably be around the time where I made the point that these pros probably are getting paid on time and not having any problems cashing out or are observing any any sort of financial problems within lock. So if they're getting paid every month, then they might not. They might not be aware that there's any kind of problem, and that's why they feel fine actively promoting the website. Yeah, that's, that's what I wonder, too. I wonder that if these people are getting paid like right on time, if this is like the first priority to pay these pros, and they're like, well, it doesn't affect me, so who cares? Like, I, I just hope that's, uh, that's not the situation. I, I'd actually feel a little bit better if they're also not getting paid and they're just blindly believing the bullshit they're handed by uh, Jennifer Larson, the CEO there, about how everything's going to be okay. But if they're really getting paid themselves and they're going, well, as long as the checks come in for me, I'll, I'll promote whatever the fuck they want. I just I just hope that's not happening. But the sad thing is a lot of poker players, when they're short on money and they need to keep in action, they will sell out anyone. They'll sell out their own grandmother. And, and that's sad. And people who are normally good people and trustworthy people in other areas of life, when it comes to keeping in action in poker, it, they do like a, a Jekyll and Hyde transformation and they will do things like promote a site that they know is not paying anyone. And I just I just wish that wasn't happening, but I, I guess in a in a community where a lot of people are there because they want easy money and they want to be able to play a game and support themselves with that game and not do any work. And yeah, that that community brings a lot of people to it who don't always have the best moral fiber, should I say. They, they, the people who, if if their goal is to make easy money in whatever way possible, a lot of times they don't mind if that ends up hurting some people. So, unfortunately, poker attracts those sorts of people. There's good people in poker and bad people in poker, but I think you get more bad people than average in poker because of that reason. If I if I could continue to to play devil's advocate here, let me pose a question. Do you think that it's in any of their contracts? that obligates them to promote the company and invite people on social networks such as Twitter and Facebook and try to actively recruit players to play in tournaments or to sign up for the website. When you, when apparently Matt Stout and Melanie Weiser and guys like that are saying, come play with me on Lock Poker, do you think that uh, that's something they're obligated to do or do you think they're doing it just because, loyalty to their company or whatever? No, I'm sure they're obligated to do it. I'm sure they're told by Lock, uh, you have to, every week you have to say this, you have to say that, you know, have to inv- promote this tournament, that tournament. You know, and that's fine if the company is a healthy company and they're paying people. I don't care what they're told to do. But uh, I, I don't think it, I don't think they're voluntarily promoting it when they don't have to. But on the other hand, what can Locke do to anybody if someone does not want to promote them after they're not paying people? They, no one's going to get sued. Locke can't sue anyone for this. And if they could, the people could raise a very reasonable defense that they do not want to promote something that is leading people to get cheated. 
Well, the recourse is to just dump them, right? And that's it? what they're afraid of. That's that's what just they don't want to do, them. right? That, that's why they that's why they won't stop promoting them. You hit the nail on the head there. That's why these people won't say we're standing up to you, Locke, until you fix this matter. We're not going to promote you. Locke will say, "Okay, bye." <laughs> yeah, right, obviously, that's, that's what's going to happen. Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, someone just asked, uh, "Is Todd the only pro representing the PFA poker room?" <laughs> I probably am. No, I actually am. Uh, actually, you know what? That's not even true. There's nobody representing the PFA Poker Room. It has uh, no pros. I'm not. I'm not even a, a pro on my own site. Are you going to be patched up this summer at the World Series? It's funny you ask that because uh, I, I do mean to order at least a shirt for myself and a cap for myself to wear. Uh, you know, to represent Poker Fraud Alert in some way. Though I'm only playing eight events this year, which is a lot fewer than I used to. So, and I will be in the main event, and in the main event, you, you always have a chance to get on TV, you know, just from the TV table. I made it there once because I was with Phil Helmuth, but uh, a lot of the events I'm playing are probably not going to get that much coverage, or if they do get coverage, there's so many people, they probably won't even find me. I usually get covered in the main event, because they make an effort there to cover all named players, but um, the ones I'm playing, the uh, 1500 No Limit Hold'em, uh, millionaire maker, there's going to be like, I don't know how many people, 5,000, 6,000 people in this thing, so, I mean, they're, they're never going to find me in that thing unless I make it deep. Uh, the 1,500 limit hold'em, they just don't give a shit about that anymore in the media. 5,000 limit hold'em, for the most, you know, they'll probably cover me there, but uh, probably won't get that many people reading about it. Well, uh, the live streams get a lot of attention. They, they're not on TV, but lots of people watch them, so there's definitely yeah, some value. Yeah, but I don't think it'll be on a live stream unless it's the final table, right? Um, like the 5, not 000? necessarily. No, I I think last year they were with two tables remaining in some of the tournaments. They they were doing live streams, but yeah, for the most part, you're pretty much gonna want to be a, you're gonna want a final table. I mean, it'll be great if a final table something, but uh, I don't know. I can't count on it. So if you if you do make a deep run in the main event, uh, let me give you some advice here. Not poker advice, but as far as uh, sporting your logo on your patch or your shirt or whatever, make sure that there's good color contrast and that it's easily readable because yeah. I'm amazed at how many how many companies fail to do this every year. Yeah, I saw some of it last year. Just people wearing stuff and you can't read what it is. People people try to get too fancy and stuff with it. Just make it plain, nice blocky sans serif letters that can be read from a distance. <laughs> Just design design wise. Yeah, I, I've, I've actually thought about that. But uh, anyway. Uh, so I'll, I'll be playing a bunch of events, or eight events there that, uh, other than the main event, I don't think will get a whole lot of uh, attention for me. And even in the main event, there's so many people, so it's not like they're going to be cov- covering me constantly. They'll probably you know, cover a few hands I'm in, and then uh, when I bust, but that's about it. So anyway, getting back to, uh, what was it, Lock Poker we were talking about? See, I, I got so distracted, I don't even know what we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I know we were well, talking about. We lock. talked about it. We talked about uh, some old stuff with lock poker. What's the new stuff? Oh, well, the the new stuff was two plus two. That, oh, right, right. Yeah, okay. that they didn't pay, so it's just yet another piece of evidence to throw upon the pile that they're broke. And uh, you know, don't be fooled by some claims. Oh, we just forgot to pay them. I don't think that's very likely. It's possible, but not very likely. Okay, let's move on to the next topic here. Uh, Ray Bittar. Ray Bittar, I thought he was going to go to jail. I really did. I, I really thought he was one person. I didn't know about Howard or, or Chris or, you know, 
Rafe or any of those guys, but I knew I thought Ray Batar would be one that they made an example out of and at least saw would see some prison time. Well, apparently not. Here is a report. This came out yesterday. At a hearing in federal court in Manhattan, lawyers for the former Full Tilt Poker CEO Ray Bittar announced that Bittar has reached a, quote, unusual plea agreement with the U.S. government in his Black Friday criminal case. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, crap. I, I don't want it to be unusual. That probably means it benefits him. The agreement will cost Bittar most of his personal assets, at least the ones that they found, but will allow him to avoid jail time. Can you believe this? His lawyers also revealed that Bittar urgently needs a heart transplant and is not expected to live another year without one. So he apparently needs a heart transplant really badly, and that is related to the agreement they made uh, with Ray Bittar to not face any jail time. I'll I'll read on here. Let me uh, get back to the article. Full tilt, full tilt, full terms of Bittar's plea agreement have not yet been made public. In open court, his lawyers indicated that Bittar will plead guilty to two felonies and will agree to an asset forfeiture judgment of approximately $40 million. Those assets are to consist of a, quote, very substantial amount of his personal property, including his current home, a multi-million dollar mansion in Glendora, California. So, uh... He is giving up a an expensive mansion in California. It's in the L.A. area, Glendora. And uh, giving up $40 million in assets. But who knows how much he really has. He may have more than that. He's hiding. Despite being on the verge of resolving the case, Bittar's future is clouded at best. He is a Class 4 heart transplant patient, the most severe rating on the New York Heart Association classification of heart failure. Bittar's only options for recovery, according to his doctors, are either a heart transplant or the implantation of an artificial heart. Now, I, I first have to say here that uh, this is definitely karma. If you believe in karma, this is definitely it, that he is in such bad shape and needs a heart transplant and may not make it that long. I mean, this guy definitely deserves something bad to happen to him after what he did. Oh, he might. He may make it just fine if he gets the transplant or the artificial heart. He, he won't. He won't make it a year without it. Yeah, I know, I know. But if he gets it, you know, there's always all these complications. Yeah, he might make it, he might not. I guess we'll have to see what happens. I know I wouldn't want to be in his shoes being up for a heart transplant, even if I knew I would get one. Sure. I'd be uh, very concerned here. So, uh, anyway. Now, okay, so they're taking all of his money, no jail time. I have to think there's got to be some kind of house arrest or ankle bracelets involved, at least, right? That was Ray Batar uh, as he exited court, by the way. Really? His, his heart doesn't sound good, for sure. I agree. <laughs> I mean, if mine sounded like that, I probably would need a transplant, too. Well, hey, when it comes to heart transplants, isn't there some kind of um, isn't there some kind of priority in terms of who gets to, who gets near the top of the list for recipients? Don't they put like children and stuff up there? Wouldn't wouldn't overweight? Middle-aged men be somewhere near the bottom. Yeah, overweight middle-aged criminals. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, actually, it's usually on uh, a first-come, first-served basis, and it's, I know it's somewhat, it's somewhat based on uh, necessity and some other factors. And uh, I, I don't know that much about the priority, the, the way it goes, but I, I know it's something like that. But uh, anyway, let, let me. Uh, now we're not even sure if he really, if this is really true. 
Like, who who knows? This this could be some BS. This could be uh, like some quack doctor says. Oh yeah, he's got a type four heart failure. Yeah, and then, and then he'll yeah, have that kind of crossed my mind. Then too. he'll have a miraculous recovery. But anyway, uh, going on here, despite being on the verge of resolving the case, oh, I read that part. Uh, Batari is scheduled to go before a heart transplant board on May sixth to determine his suitability for transplant surgery. In the absence of a transplant or implantation of an artificial heart. His doctors predict that Pitar has a 50% chance of dying in the next 6 to 12 months. So this is the part that pisses me off. According to Pitar's lawyers, the U.S. Attorney's Office, quote, humanely agreed to not to oppose a request that Pitar's plea deal and sentence not include any jail time due to Pitar's heart condition. Lawyers for both sides acknowledged that imprisonment would be, quote, extremely incompatible with treatment Pitar is likely to require before and after transplant surgery. So... He can't go to jail because uh, being in jail is incompatible with his heart problem. I think if I ever get arrested, I'm going to say getting fucked in the ass by one of my cellmates is incompatible with my lifestyle. And that for that reason, I should not face jail time. What the hell is this incompatible? They, they well, can treat people in, <laughs> in prison. They can, they can give them medication. They can take them out for treatment. There's no reason he can't go to prison for this. This is, this is a, a poor reason to not put him in prison. I would understand, actually, if he had cancer and three months to live. And, and a, a How, credi- Well, hold on. What kind of treatment is he going to get in federal prison? Really, do you think there's at all halfway decent medical facilities in some of these for-profit prisons? I wouldn't even mind if, if part of the deal was that he goes to prison, but whenever he needs some kind of treatment, they allow him to go to some sort of uh, – third-party facility to give him the treatment and then bring him back. Like, I, I wouldn't mind that. At least he'd be spending time in prison except when he needed the treatment. But here they're just saying, yeah, you know, it's just not compatible. We're just not going to put him in prison. It's just, it's so frustrating because it's not even like he, he's going to die for sure. As I said, if he has like a three-month period to live for sure from cancer, uh, and, and they say, okay, let him live his last three months of his life out, uh, we're not going to put him in prison. Fine. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the... Uh... Well, it's probably going to be a very unpopular stance and say that I think this is the right call. It, I'm, I totally buy that sending him to prison is probably a death sentence. And that's not, that's not what his sentence was. That's not fair to sentence a guy to death. He probably wouldn't last 6 to 12 months if, he, if this is true. But he can still get if, the transplant. If his heart I'm, I'm is saying... really in that bad of shape, then, yeah, he's probably not going to make it if you send him to prison. But, but so I'm not it's saying, inhumane uh, to do it. I'm not saying that they should deny him the transplant. I'm saying that uh, they should... Let him serve the time in prison, which does not involve the transplant. Anything where, you know, the recovery from the transplant, whatever he needs for the transplant, let him go out to whatever facility he was going to do that to and get it done there and then go back to prison once he's uh, had adequate recovery time. Not, don't just say it's incompatible and you're not going to prison. Like, what if he lives for 30 more years? Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. They should probably have said, you know what, let's wait and see what happens with this heart condition and then we'll move on to sentencing. If he dies or if he makes a full recovery, then we'll decide what to do. Yeah, I'd even be okay with that if they delay it to see uh, what the result of this is. But you know, he could have a full recovery. It could be some BS where they, they found a way to manipulate it to where he, he doesn't qualify for a, an artificial heart for some BS reason. And then and then somehow he just stretches it out and doesn't die. Like, at yeah, that point it's yeah that would be a total abortion of justice for sure. Yeah. Oh, there's, uh, there's his heart again. Everybody's clapping because they think he's going to die. They think his heart is, is beating this fast. He's not going to make it. That's a, these are all the, the people who lost money on full tilt. <laughs> so, uh, no, I know I'm not. I'm not for letting Ray Batar walk. I'm totally against that. All I'm saying is that if he really does have a messed up heart, it's kind of 
it's not it's not cool to just throw him in prison and let him die there. That's kind of messed up. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't even be sad. You know, if Ray Batard dies of a heart attack, then uh, this this is one person I definitely wouldn't be sad about. I don't think he deserves the death penalty for uh, for what he did, but this is someone who um, you know has done so much to uh, so many people here through his uh, stealing of the full tilt funds. That uh, if something bad happens to him, I definitely would not cry. I, I... Well, it's pretty standard for guys that are uh, convicted of crimes like this to get very light sentencing. They rarely seem to do very much time in prison, and I'm all for very stiff penalties for financial crimes like this. Yeah, um, you know, throw, throw the book at him, put him in there for twenty, thirty years or longer. Yeah, maybe people will stop doing it so much. I, I agree, and you know what? It makes I don't me, know about death. It makes me think. It makes me think here. What if I knew I had a heart condition, and I knew I was going to need a heart transplant or, a, or or some kind of major heart surgery coming up? And I say, all right, now it's a free roll. Now I can commit all the financial crimes I want. I can start shady telemarketing companies to steal from people and just everything you could think of. And knowing if I get caught, that I can say, hey, I have open heart surgery coming up, or I have a transplant coming up. I'm not compatible with prison. You'd be That's like, an excellent point. You could keep out of prison. How like, about how about you've already committed these crimes and you say, "Oh shit, I'm about to get caught," or "I just got caught." <laughs> you think it might make sense to self-inflict <laughs> damage to your heart or something like that, and say, "Oh god, I, I can't go to prison. I'm too sick." <laughs> what if what if Ray Batar actually had, uh, paid some surgeon to cut him open and like damage his heart? <laughs> <laughs> I, it might kind of make sense, especially if you're reasonably sure that you can get it fixed. <laughs> How sick would that be if we found that out later, that Ray Batar, they actually gambled on his heart. He actually had a surgeon damage his heart that he paid under the table uh, so he could then get a transplant and get out of prison time. That would be... Uh, That'd be brilliant. That actually. would be freaking be genius. genius. It actually would be. But I, I don't like this at all. I, I, I don't like the fact that he could, he could live for decades and never spend any time in prison just because he happens to have a heart problem right now. It's ridiculous, and I say that's not what I call compassionate. And a lot of these so-called compassionate things done by prosecutors' offices, I hate. I, I hate when uh, there's these compassionate release programs where where people who are in prison for life, who committed heinous murders, get cancer, and they're they're allowed to leave for the final few months and spend time with their family. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. The people they killed didn't get to spend final time with their family. They were just gone. So, you know, if you've been sentenced to life in prison for some horrendous crime, it's it's really life in prison, not life until your your final few months, and then you get to spend the, the rest of it with your loving family. It's, well, what do you think the purpose of prison sentences are? Do you feel like they're meant to punish people? They did bad things, yes. so they should suffer for it? Yes. Do you, you think it's to keep the populace safe it's, it's so that there too. aren't it's that too, criminals around? Definitely there's a, there should be a punitive element to it, and I've had this argument with people before saying the prison system should be – only to rehabilitate people. And I said, okay, question then. Let's say you have someone who kills 100 people, and he goes to prison for it, and then God himself comes down and says, this man is now cured of his aggression. He will never hurt anyone again. And everyone believes it because it's from God. And everyone believes it's really God saying it. At this point, do you release him? Yeah. Knowing that he, even though he's killed 100 people, do you do you release him knowing that he's not going to do it again? What about the 100 people he killed? He just gets off for it? I mean, that's that's what's ridiculous. It's a, and uh, you know, so you could say you're only putting him in to protect society, and you're prote- you're putting him in to rehabilitate him, but 
if you know that he will get out and never commit another crime, that should not mean that he gets away with killing 100 people. That's, that's why I think that uh, it's ridiculous to say that the prison system should not be punitive. Of course it should be, because otherwise anything you do, you get away with as long as you're not going to do it again. So that's that's how I feel at least. And I actually, I never really thought about it that way, but yeah, I guess everyone would get a one time. <laughs> yeah, they'd get more than one time. They could say, okay, well, I've done it five times, but this sixth time I'm really not going to. This sixth time I'm cured. So anyway, I'm very uh, anti that as well. So I, I, I hate a lot of these so-called compassionate things for uh, for criminals that uh, that don't deserve it, and th- this is one of them. This isn't as bad as releasing a murderer who uh, has a few months to live and wants to spend time with their family, but it's it's still pretty obnoxious. And uh, you know, Ray Batar, I- I'm not going to be rooting for you to uh, successfully exit your heart transplant. I'll say that. So that's that's what's going on with Ray Batar. So I I don't think any of these full tilt guys are going to get prison. If he doesn't get it, I, I bet Letterer won't get it, and Ferguson won't get it, and I, I think they're all going to skate away with just civil penalties, which is pretty disgusting. Because keep in mind, they, they weren't just stealing from people, they were actually also violating the law by uh, offering these games in the first place. Now, it doesn't bother me they were offering the games. I, I played on them. I would be a hypocrite to say that I, I, I'm mad at them for offering online poker when I played it. But uh, they were breaking the law. They were doing something that I couldn't do because I didn't want to go to prison. You know, if it was legal to start one of these sites, I would have started one myself. Or at least I would have thought about it and talked about it. Uh, so this is crazy, that they both can run an illegal online poker site and steal all the money from it, from Americans, and no prison time. What a country. What a country. So th- that's what's going on with, with Ray Batar. And uh, reading a little bit more from the article... Um, in addition, Batar would likely be rejected by his heart transplant board as a transplant recipient if he were to face the prospect of a prison term. Well, I guess that's part of it, too. He's, that's, that's, that's very convenient, too, that they're claiming that uh, prisoners are lower on the priority scale, which I didn't even know. Somehow I missed this part when I read the article the first time. And uh, so that's also why he shouldn't be in prison. Well, tough luck. Well, prisoners probably have higher mortality rates. That's probably why they're lower on the priority list. It's kind of a waste of a heart. Well, whatever the reason, tough luck. It's not like he's wrongfully commi- convicted or it's not like they're they're putting him in prison for some extremely minor crime that, that technically carries some sentence. This is, he stole hundreds of millions of dollars from full tilt players. I mean, so you end up in prison from that. And as a result of being in prison, you end up lower on the heart transplant priority list. You know what? Tough luck. You should have thought of that before you stole all the money. When, when you steal that type of money, there's always consequences. And if one of the consequences is that later you come down with a heart condition and then in prison you're lower on the priority list for a heart, guess what? Tough luck. That, that's what I have to say about that. Um, the May 6th heart transplant board hearing date has greatly increased the speed at which the remainder of the case will play out. Because Batar's doctor have, doctors have advised that he not travel, Batar's allocution is expected to be taken via video from California in the next 7 to 10 days. At that time, Batar will plead guilty to two felonies and will agree to the terms of the deal hammered out with the USAO. That's the U.S. Attorney's Office. He will then immediately be sentenced by Judge Preska. Batar's plea deal and sentencing represent the last of the loose ends that are likely to be resolved in the Black Friday criminal cases that were unsealed by the U.S. government on April 15, 2011. Once Batar is sentenced, the only remaining defendants will be former Poker Stars chairman Isai Scheinberg, 
former PokerStars director of payments Paul Tate and UB co-founder Scott Tom, who they're never going to find. Scheinberg and Tate are never expected to return to the U.S. to face the charges against them. Tom's whereabouts are unknown. He's never returning either, I promise you that. So, uh, that's what's going on with Ray Bittar. No prison time for him. Moving along here, um, I want to tell you a little bit about the DVD I will be appearing in. I told you this last time the show was on two weeks ago, but it's been confirmed. This is the movie Runner Runner, starring Ben Affleck and Justin Timberlake. Obviously not a small movie. It's going to be hitting theaters in September. And I will be on a DVD extra. I will not be in the movie. The movie's already finished shooting. In fact, they finished shooting it last year. But I will be in a DVD extra. And uh, someone is sending me a Skype message. Oh. Seriously, serious sent me a Skype message saying BRB. Okay, we're just going to pretend like he's here. I'm going to pretend like I'm not alone here so I don't get anxiety. But anyway, I will be in a DVD extra that you will find on the Runner Runner DVD when it comes out, which I'm predicting will be sometime in early 2014. The DVD extra will be all about online poker and real cheating stories from online poker since the movie Runner Runner is very loosely based upon the AP and UB scandal. Uh, basically, uh, the owner of a online poker site, a fictitious one, based out of Costa Rica, played by Ben Affleck, cheats the a, a player, a young player who loses his college money, played by Justin Timberlake, and uh, you know he goes there to confront the owner of the site, and it, it goes on from there. So the DVD extra is going to have, you know, hey, this is a fictitious story, but but here's some real stories about cheating in online poker. And I believe that I might be the only person on that DVD extra speaking on behalf of the players. They're going to have a lawyer for full tilt on there. They're going to have various other people who are either going to be speaking on behalf of the sites that ripped everyone off or people kind of in the middle. I think the only like player advocate that's going to be on that DVD extra is me. I can't say for sure, and they don't even know for sure because they're still finding people for it. But uh, they told me last I heard that I will be kind of like the person speaking for the players on there. So I'm going to be bringing up Full Tilt, going to be bringing up UB, and uh, you know I'll even talk about how there's current sites out there like Lock Poker that are very shady and cheating people. So... I'm going to get out as much as I can and hopefully come off sounding uh, come, in, come off sounding good and come off sounding professional and represent the poker community well. And uh, I'll announce when that DVD comes out. So Is uh, Justin Timberlake really going to lose his college money in this movie? Well, he loses it at the very beginning. That sucks, man. This is, <laughs> this is another kind of a ridiculous rounder scenario. But but he goes there. No, it's it's interesting. I, I won't spoil too much of it. But he he gets cheated online, and then wait goes wait to... wait. Did they send you an advanced transcript? No. Have you seen this movie? No, I've just read about it on Wikipedia actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he apparently he loses his money online, and then goes to Costa Rica to confront the owner of the site, played by Ben Affleck, and then the Ben Affleck character tries to seduce him into joining forces with him, and I don't know what happens from there. We should totally do that. We should all, we should all, uh, we should have formed a pilgrimage two years ago to the Isle of Man or to Costa Rica, and you know, 
met these guys face to face. You know, I always wondered, I wouldn't have done this, but I always wondered, like, what if I had approached UB at, like, the height of my anti-UB and AP stuff and said, hey, how much will you guys pay me to say everything's totally okay now? How much will you pay me to, like, like go everywhere and say that I, yeah, I've been to your headquarters, everything's totally fine, I verify beyond a reasonable doubt that all the old people are gone and that all the refunds are correct. Like, like just make up complete bullshit. Like, how much will you pay me to do this? And if they, like, I have to think that would be worth a ton of money. And, and if they, like, legitimately believed me that I wasn't trying to set them up. Um, like, I, don't think, I don't think Joe Sebach even did that. Yeah, like, like, what if I did that? Like, how much would they have paid me for it? I, I, I wouldn't have done it. I just thought about it. Like, I've made so much noise about this. I bet I could actually have made a lot of money by going back to them and, and doing an about face. Anyway. Uh, that that would have been worth. I they probably would have paid through the nose for that. But but uh, somebody in the chat saying ask how much they paid Joe Seabach. Well, yeah. sure, but Seabach didn't Seabach didn't join UB and then report back. Hey guys, I looked into everything. Uh, you know everything's fixed and fine. We found all the hand histories and we paid. You know he didn't he didn't say everything's roses. He just kind of said yeah we're still looking into it. We're still looking into it. Well, he said Isn't somewhat that... it was roses, but it, it was true. He didn't say like everything's totally solved and I'm 100% sure everybody's gone. It was like, you know, from what I can tell everything's good now. It's new people. Uh, you know, they lost the hand history. Sorry, we can't do more. We've done all I can. We've 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 revealed these cheating names. I think we've I think I think we're done now. Like uh, he said it, but he didn't uh he didn't go all that far with it. But the thing was, he wasn't even – I know he was sort of against UB with his Poker Road podcast, but he wasn't as, like, in the forefront with bashing them as I was. So, um, anyway, Beer and Poker says in the chat, movie sounds lame. Hopefully it shows up on eBay for $1.99 because I'm not buying that DVD at full price. Uh, I hope it doesn't end up lame because, you know, one day when I show Benjamin the DVD and say, hey, look what daddy was on, I, I don't want the movie to totally suck. I hope it's lame. I really do. I, I, you know what's funny? I actually would have hoped it was lame if it wasn't for me being in the DVD extra. Now I hope it's really good. You know what? Because when when you try to take it too seriously, the subject of poker and portray it in film or television, it comes off like trying too hard. Yeah, I it agree. always comes off really lame. Like if you ever saw that uh, web series Game Theory, it's kind of like that. But Rounders. Rounders tried a little hard, but they didn't try too hard. Yeah, and it's Rounders very didn't... enjoyable film. If that if they had taken it too seriously, I I would not I would not adore that movie as much. It's so as I funny do. how Rounders was the first one and they got it right. It was really yeah. I know they had some old old poker movies before that, but you know that was really the uh, the, the serious modern poker movie. And uh, it back... didn't get that much right. Like when he walks into the stud game and he reads everyone's hands. No, no, no. It's... Of course, when I say got it right, I mean it being a good movie. Not being, oh yeah, yeah, not absolutely. being a total piece of crap. That's what I mean. So uh, it was and, fanciful, you know. It was, <laughs> it was, it was very Hollywood. That's what they need to be. Is very not, not try to be super accurate because that's just gonna uh, people are going to nitpick every little thing and um, just the wrong way to go about it. I hope it sucks. I hope it's very cheesy because that'll make me like it. And uh, let, let's see. Uh, Ryland saying, I, I hate when Ryland types in the chat because he has got, he's got this awful color for his font that like so hard to read. So I'm gonna squint my old eyes here and try to read it. Druff, you should mention the Boom documentary, change names to Bet Race Fold, and the official trailer's out now and the release date as well. All right, you know I'm just gonna click on this YouTube he posted. We'll we'll just do this right now. Bet Race Fold. Of, uh, Bet Race Fold official trailers. Two minutes. I, I've never watched this before. I, I've heard about it, but I, I haven't watched this trailer. So we're all going to do this together. As, as usual, I'm producing the show as the show goes on. 
I do know that when I was making a lot of money at one point in time, I was looking up how to buy an island on eBay. Do they really have that music in the trailer? Yep. I mean, I, I could have done better on my Casio in the 80s. Online poker exploded overnight, creating a unique opportunity for young people everywhere. I, I, I hate when they're just constantly pushing about young people. The listeners won't be able to see this, but the production value of this of this video is actually really quite high. Imagine your favorite thing that you can do, your favorite hobby. Someone says, if you just do this all the time, we're going to pay you millions of dollars. It was a... Vanessa Selps is really getting to look more and more like a man every day. I mean, she never looked feminine, but every time I see her, I, I like before, like I focus in on her and say, "Oh, that's Vanessa Selps." I think, "Oh, who's that guy?" I'm not even kidding. Like she's, well, yeah, that's what she, that's what she's going for. I mean, she's looking really, really manly now. Like she's not even like a little bit manly now. Now she's like super manly. Dude, she looks dapper as fuck in a suit. Have you seen <laughs> that uh, that bluff cover she was on a couple of months ago? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> Hint. It was a money factory. There were so many games. You could play so many hands. This is so weird. They're like showing this guy's like. This is so weird. This guy's like uh, got two screens, and there's all these like dollar figures in in large print all over the screens that really wouldn't be there. And the, and the guy's like shaking his head back and forth, almost like he's having a seizure. Yeah, it's like a time lapse. Yeah. Playing poker for a living was a way for me to be whatever brand of accepted. Oh, here's Tony Dunst. I wonder if uh, One Step is listening. He he loved Tony Dunst. Tony Dunst and Tom Dwan, that was like the fantasy threesome for One Step. I wanted I was banned originally from Australia when I was 21. This time I was more so politely asked to leave. I never in a million years would have ever expected to grow up and be a professional online poker player. I would have said it was more likely that I would grow up to be an astronaut. Mommy want a big pot, what do you say? Ship. Who's that girl? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I'd like to know. I, I don't... I don't well, you know, she's her. probably... They're probably trying to get a wide swath of different poker players. She's probably like a mid-stakes grinder, you know, making a decent living, not not some high-profile baller. Oh, D-Moon girl from Minnesota. It's, of course it's a Minnesotan. You know, she's probably like a homemaker just, you know, making like 100000 a year during the uh, boom phase, 2000. Well, no, she's, no, she's young, though. There's, like, there's so many... Well, I guess she's a kid. I guess she's not that young. But there's so many poker players from Minnesota. So many young poker players that came from there. It's amazing. I, I don't know how they... I know because the Canterbury's there, but they just have a, an amazing number of poker players from Minnesota. That are What else the is there to do in Minnesota? I, I guess it's that, yeah. There's just so many of them. And a lot of them are really weird, too. No offense to Ryland. I like Ryland, but uh, some of them are really weird. It's a very, like, interesting game when you think about it. Like, what would you do to prevent me from winning all your money? Like, that's pretty much what it comes down to. All your money. It's kind of weird. He had, like, no accent other than that statement. That sounds menacing. What are you going to do about it, punk? I want to hear this again. Ship it. It's a very, like, interesting game when you think about it. Like, what would you do to prevent me from winning all your money? All your money. I'm going to win all your money. <laughs> There's nothing you can do to stop me. But why, why is there no accent in the rest of that? Where, where'd the rest of his accent go? You think about it, like, what would you do to prevent me from winning all your money? <laughs> Maybe he's being funny. Weird. Like, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Online poker funded the entire poker industry as we knew it in the 2000s. 
they paid me $110 billion. <laughs> and I, I, I was like, look, holding out for $120 billion. Negreanu's in everything. If you look at that YouTube video, because what you're seeing in the trailer is a screen, a, a screenshot screen of YouTube, of yeah. a YouTube video. Yeah, you'll see that it's the old YouTube format. It's got like a white background with the gray bars and stuff. And I think you might be able to see the date on there. It's that's an old video that they're showing. And that it's is kind of funny that, that there's a video of a YouTube video in the trailer. <laughs> it's a it's a poker news clip. I I hope they got clearance for that. I do. You know what? If they didn't, they're probably going to get a cease and desist letter. I actually got a cease and desist letter from Poker News. Really? What for? Their, this is so weird. They sent it to an email address I almost never use, and they 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 claimed that I had some kind of content on my site from Poker News that was copyrighted. And I was said, it a picture? I, I don't. They wouldn't say what it was. So I responded. That would be lame if it was just a photo. So I responded to them. And I said, "Look, the only thing I think we have here is your own RSS feed, and you know, if that's a problem, then why are you providing an RSS feed?" So. Uh, yeah. So I said, but if you really want, I'll take it down. But you have to tell me what you're talking about. So please let me know. Now, I got this months later after they sent it to me because it was an email address I hardly check. But I, I sent them a response from the one I do check all the time, and they didn't answer me. So I, I guess I'm still uh, legally noncompliant here. We had a similar thing happen at Quad Jacks where we found out that uh, Poker Fuse was taking all the podcasts uh, off of the RSS feed, and Zach was furious. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, guy about it. yeah. Someone... And I, he was like, "Thomas, how are they getting this?" And I was like, uh, "That's probably from the RSS feed, dude. They've got a scraper for that." He's someone like, well, brought how it do up we to stop me. It? It's like, that's why we have the RSS feed. You, you know who complained can... about this to me? Jacep complained about this of all people. Jacep, uh, before yeah, no, he talked to me about that too. He's like, "How is PokerFuse getting my not PokerFuse, some other website? How are they getting my podcast?" And I was like. Well, do you have an RSS feed? Did he talk to you about that too? Yes, yes. And I said, look, you know, I I don't know if this is technically allowed or not, but uh, whatever. I'm not gonna. I, I don't care. I'll, I'll let the whole world grab my my feeds as long as they're not selling it. I don't care. That's the whole point of having an RSS feed. People yeah. can load them up into readers, or they can yeah. repost them on websites. Like if you didn't want people sharing your content, then you shouldn't have an RSS feed. If you insist that people go directly to your website to view all your content. Then having an RSS feed is like the exact opposite of what you want. Yeah, that's what I found peculiar about Poker News requests, but they weren't even specific. I didn't know if that's what they were talking about or if it was just some picture or who knows. It's so funny that Jason now. talked to you about that. <laughs> he was freaking out about it to me, too. Validate my career. It would be cool to have a team to identify with that. I've never wanted the normal 9 to 5 routine. I'm Tony. Yeah, Tony Dunst there. He's, you know, I always thought this guy was a little bit odd wearing a suit to poker tournaments, but I, I guess it kind of worked out because he got this uh, WPT job, and uh, yeah, he really did kind of blow up, especially for a young guy like that. So I I think he sets a good example, man. I wish I wish, uh, I wish more young men would do, you know, would dress in style for poker tournaments. Maybe his suit's a little overdoing it, but you know, dressing nice I think's a good thing, and yeah, he probably he deserves it. He does, known as Bond eighteen online. Let's break it down. It's a good job, job right? Too, right? It's not a bad job. I can't complain in the slightest. Poker has definitely given me the opportunity to live life outside of the conventional system. In a way, the golden years of poker created this new idea of an American dream. Everyone globally bought it, but especially in this country, everyone bought it. I think you're showing like strip clubs there. <laughs> That's the American dream, making money and going to a strip club. Oh, whoa, 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 what happened? Someone someone uh, pulled the tape out of the tape layer. Where's the record scratch? I need that needs a record scratch. <laughs> I, I I haven't watched this yet, so I don't know what's coming next. But uh 
uh, yeah, I'm, we I'm might excited. Have, we might have time for a record scratch. We might. I mean, uh, here, here. This, this is what they're missing. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love. It's so good. It's, it's appropriate. Like you, if you ever make a comedy trailer for your for your movie on TV, it needs to have a record scratch. It's like mandatory. Here, here. That, I'm going to improve this trailer. Here, here we go. We'll, we'll go back a few seconds here. But especially in this country, everyone bought it. That's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry with millions of participants, and on Friday, it was shut down by federal agents. The FBI seized the domain names of poker stars, Full Tilt Poker, and prosecutors charged 11 people with fraud, money laundering, and illegal gambling. This is a declaration of war by the United States against these companies. Apparently, they're asking unless person owning the company has a heart problem, then it's a declaration of uh, give us whatever money you made and we'll drop the whole thing. For upwards of $3 billion in fines. One of the things that players have found out is that even though we assumed everything was on the up and up, maybe things were a little more hidden than we would have liked to have known. You know, people gave me such a hard time back in 08 when I talked about how there could be existing problems on other sites, not just UB and AP. And people got so mad at me on 2 Plus 2 about this. So mad. Yeah. And then this yeah, guy just, got... said, just said that right here. Okay, I'm going to find yeah, – I'm so mad about this. I'm going to play my own comment again just, <laughs> just because I, I just want to rub this in people's faces because I, I was totally right about this. You know, a lot of people forget that shortly after Black Friday when PokerStars was really quick to pay out, most people felt fairly confident that Full Tilt would do the same. Yeah, and when when a few a handful of people and to his credit, Zach was one of them. Uh, you know, were speculating. I don't know that everything might not be all right with Full Tilt. There might be some problems here, and they might not have been running their company so well, segregated funds and such. And people got really mad. Like but everybody's cards talk. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh, sorry, I was play myself here. Let me go back here. Let me go back here. Exactly. If you can see everybody's cards in poker, you could be. The worst poker player in the world That's not what I want up against play. the best player in the world. And Shut up, I don't hear every you. time. It undertook its own investigation. Wait a minute. Oh, God. This, this wasn't even the full... It was part one of two. What a fail. I should have thought of this before. I should have foreseen we were going to have this discussion. And then uh, have this clip ready. Let me. Uh, uh, this is what happens when you produce the show. This is While what you do the show. Here, here we go. Here we go. I think I found myself saying the right thing here. Let's see. Here we go. The golfing community. Hi, is Russ there? Last week, we called his house uh, and were told by a woman that answered the phone that he would be back in a little while. We left a message, but he hasn't returned the call. I like that hard-hitting uh, attempt to reach Russ Hamilton by 60 minutes. They, they left a message for him, and he didn't return the call. That's yeah, you. that's pretty standard journalism, isn't it? Just so you can say that... Uh, um, you know, attempts for to get a statement were not immediately returned. And they actually show him calling up and he goes, Russ there? Like, good job, 60 minutes. It's like it's like you're going through the motions. You're just making the courtesy call just so you could say that we tried to reach them for comment. Yeah. That, that was if a good spot had... for record scratch, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I was... Okay. In the call. If you hadn't investigated this on your own, do you think it'd still be going on? I'm sure it would be going on. The people who did this were very greedy and very blatant. But the scary thing is, there may be other accounts out there like this, maybe even on other sites, that uh, 
are not being done with the same sort of recklessness. And maybe this has been going on on more than just Absolute Poker and Ultimate Bet. Maybe it's going on in several other places, and maybe it's even still going on in these sites. I'm sure. So, I mean, there, there you go. It wasn't uh, necessarily super using that was going on, but there was... There's yeah, two... you're talking about super using there. But I was, talk... I was talking about earlier in the uh, 60 Minutes program that maybe the whole game isn't legitimate. When I said that you don't, you don't, you can't see anything. Maybe the whole game isn't legitimate. Yeah, with lack of transparency, you, I mean, you never can know. And a lot of these, um, a lot of these rubber stamp organizations, like what are they called? Like the Kanawaki, these gaming commissions, are just kind of Mickey Mouse organizations. There's no, no real totally. transparency. You don't really know what's going on yeah. with the books and all that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, you, you you think everything's moving. Moving along, you think your money in full tilt safe. You think you're going to get paid. You think the company's solid, and then uh, one day you find out <laughs> there's no money. There's no money. <laughs> They're about to find out. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so, where's my damn agenda? Here we are. Uh, I want to talk about the last man standing promotion i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this it's not a major story but i i'm going to talk about it because it happened to one of our own you're going to have to explain what the promotion yeah, is yeah I'll, I'll explain the whole thing uh now carbon poker is not lock poker they they're for the most part a, a pretty honest site so i i don't want to say don't play carbon poker or they're terrible because they're not but they occasionally do things that just aren't right or are stupid or are unfair and this is one of those cases they had a promotion called Last Man Standing that uh, went during February and March of 2013. And what happens is it starts in February. You have to rake a uh, February 1st. You have to rake a very very small amount to continue in the contest. February 2nd is slightly higher. February 3rd is slightly higher. It goes on and on and on to all the way to March 31st. You know, every day. If you miss a day, you're out. That's why it's called Last Man Standing. Uh, if you miss a day, then uh, you're kicked out. And on March 31st, uh, it, there's some very high requirements of like uh, thousands of dollars of rake. Uh, so it's very hard to make it all the way through the 31st. So I know going all the way through to March 27th, for example, you needed to rake $500 in that day to stay in. And that's hard to do, $500 in one day. Not impossible, but it's hard. And then uh, March twenty eighth, uh, seven fifty, you have to rake to stay in. And and what happens if you stay in? Well, there's prizes, certain amount for the person who's stayed the whole way through, and and raked the highest. Then the person who stayed the second longest amount of time, all the way down, you know, to eventually people don't get paid once you know get past a certain point. So uh, we have a user on our site. I won't identify him because he hasn't come forward. But uh, he came to me privately. He said he was really trying hard in this last man standing promotion to win it, or at least to, to cash in it. And he played every single day on Carbon Poker, raked a whole lot, and on March 27th, he was still in. Keep in mind, this is since February 1st. He played every day, and especially in the March portion of the contest, had to play a good amount of time each day and not miss a day to stay in, to rake the required amount to stay in the contest. On March 27th, there were only 10 people left in the contest. And I, I believe that uh, they were guaranteed $650 for being down to the final 10. 
he was easily on pace to make it through the 27th of March and rake $500. He had raked 250 There was plenty of the day left. He was playing several tables. All of a sudden, the software started to lag. And uh, he tried to play through it, but eventually it got so bad it was just unplayable, and he had to quit. So he emailed support and said, look, I'm trying to play, but I can't. I've, I've done more than half of it today. I can't do the rest. You can see you can see my connections struggling here. Everything else is working fine. As you see, I can email you. Uh, can you please make an exception and let me carry on to tomorrow? Just pretend I've raked 500 even though I haven't because I was on pace to, and for some reason the connection between me and Carbon Poker just is not working anymore. Maybe even on the fault of your side, on your server. So uh, Carbon Poker told them, no, forget it, it's your fault. Your internet connection's problem, your problem, you're out. You're out in 10th place or whatever. So um, the funny thing is he actually found evidence on 2 plus 2 of other people complaining that they also were getting lagged at the same time. So he, he definitely had evidence that it wasn't just his own internet connection, that there's other people who were deep in the contest that all of a sudden could not continue playing. So, uh, you know, I guess it affected some people and not others. Maybe it was uh, network connectivity. Maybe it was uh, server problems. Who knows what it was? I'm guessing it was network connectivity where certain areas of the country or the world couldn't connect to carbon and, and certain areas could. Whatever. The problem with a contest like this is that you are at Carbon Poker's mercy for providing you a connection to their servers. So if either their servers fail or if the connection between where you are and where Carbon Poker is fails, then you're out of the contest and there's nothing you can do about it. And you've been at this for a month. It's not like just one day's contest and you happen to be knocked out of it. You've been been at this since February 1st. It's now March 27th. And uh, there's nothing you can do when this occurs. Now, if it's only you, then they really have no way to tell whether it's just your home internet connection going bad and that, you know, they, they can blame it on you. But if several people are having the problem, obviously it was something beyond the player's control. And obviously it was something that affected a mass number of people. Something where they should have made a common sense decision to let people who seem to be on pace to do it go on to the next day. Or, or maybe even delay the whole contest one day and say, okay, we're, we're redoing the 27th. So if you've already made the 27th, you know, you don't have to redo it. But if you haven't, now you get to redo it on the 28th and everybody else is a day off. Something like that would be totally fair. But they didn't do that. They just said, sorry, it was your connection, your problem. You're out of the contest. You, you get to cash the uh, $650 for 10th place and that's it. Now, the guy who this happened to, he wasn't even obnoxious about it. He didn't even say to them, hey, I was going to win if this hadn't happened. He wasn't demanding first place money. He said, look, I'll be honest with you. I was going to be able to complete the 750 tomorrow on March 28th, but on March 29th it was going to get too high and I was not going to be able to do it. No matter how much I played, I was not going to be able to make it through March 29th and rake the amount you want me to, so I would have failed that day. So can you just give me credit as if I completed March 28th, looking at all my play from February 1st till now? Can you make a common sense decision that based upon everything, I would have made it through March 28th or... Just let me come back in on March 28th and actually do it. They said no to both and told them to go kick rocks. Told them, that's it, you're out. Tough luck. And at least one other person this happened to on 2 Plus 2 posted about it. So this was a user on Poker Fraud Alert. He brought it to me. I think that was a really, really lousy thing for Carbon Poker to do. Obviously, this guy has raked a ton in just the last two months for this stupid contest. 
if he ra- you know, if he played every single day since February 1st for this thing and was raking things like $500 on March 27th. So just all he was asking for was an extra $350 because had he gone out on March 29th instead of March 27th, he would have gotten 1000 instead of 650 So all they needed to do was say, okay, look, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. We believe the connection was probably something you couldn't help. Here's 350 bucks, And he would have been happy. That would have been the right thing to do. And that's a drop in the bucket compared to all that he raked over the last two months. Instead, they're alienating him. I don't know if he's going to continue playing, but this is just a dumb business decision, and it's not right. And it's especially not right because in a contest like this, in a long-term contest that stretches over two months, they have to make allowances for issues beyond the player's control that occur. Especially if they're happening to more than one person Where you know it's not that person's own Internet failing So I thought that was really bad And uh, I, I really hope that Carbon Corrects the situation I even PM'd a Carbon rep that's on Poker Fraud Alert And asked him if he could help But he so far has not answered me Maybe he doesn't even work for them anymore He hasn't been seen on our site in a while But anyone who has a connection to Carbon Poker Who hears this Please get their attention, and uh, I'll get you in contact with this individual on Poker Fraud Alert. I really think he deserves that 350 bucks, and compared to all he's raked for you, I think that's the least you can do for him. Did you ever confirm that that uh, user account on Poker Fraud Alert really is a Carbon representative? Um, yeah, I think I did. I don't remember when that person appeared, but I think he did. I think he appeared in some other issue with Carbon, and I think he solved it. So Okay. I believe that is a carbon rep. We did have a fake Bo- Bovada rep on here, like Bovada support, that turned out to be just totally phony. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think it was someone in the UK, too. It wasn't even, like, the right country. So, uh, the funny thing is, I think that guy never even validated his email, either, so he couldn't post, he couldn't even do anything, but like you always see, like, just logged in, Bovada support. And I used to think, oh, cool, we have Bovada support on our site, but no. Some weirdo in the UK wanted to pretend to be Bovada support. All right, uh, moving on in our uh, agenda. Where the hell did my agenda go? You know, I click on other things in the agenda, and then then I lose the agenda itself. Here it is. Victor Blom, Isildur, in 2009, lost $800,000 to an account named Zup. Zup was an account that belonged to Peter Jepson, and he supposedly beat Isildur out of 800k on bet365.com. When I first heard this story, I thought it was Peter Jetton. <laughs> I thought it was Peter Jensen, and then I saw it was Peter Jepson. So anyway, Peter Jepson has now admitted, at least according to a Danish site that did an interview with him, he has now admitted that, yes, Victor Blom was actually cheated in that match, something that Victor Blom recently alleged in a high-stakes DB story about him. I guess highstakesdb.com did a story about uh, Victor Blom and interviewed him. And in part four of the story, he talked about how he got cheated by Zup, a.k.a. Peter Jepsen, in 2009 for 800K. So I guess Peter Jepsen was interviewed, and he admitted, yes, we multi-accounted. Yes, me and somebody else... Uh, Actually, he claimed it wasn't multi-accounting. He claimed that it was his account being borrowed by someone else. So it's technically multi-accounting, but uh, that it was only that person playing him, which still isn't an excuse because if uh, Victor Blom has been watching how this guy plays uh, and then it's a different person playing, then that's very unfair. 
So that is uh, that's the accusation uh, that that Blom had made, and I guess uh, Peter Jepson is finally admitting to this. Why would you admit to it? Well, because it, because it came out in this article, and I guess he felt like he had to answer. You, you would think, yeah, he would just say, no, I didn't do it. But, uh, but I'll tell you, uh, there's probably a better reason why he admitted to it, which I'll get to shortly. Um, according to the article, as I said, he admitted that he let someone else use his account. Claimed it was his friend uh, Rob, Robert Flink, also known as uh, Gil Kines or something. I'm not sure he pronounced the name. But uh, he claimed his friend Robert Flink played on the account because Robert had busted his own account and was like in degen mode and said, hey, please, please, please let me use your account. I can't get money on the site and I really want to play Isildur. So they claims they, they, they claim they, you know, Flink got on Jepsen's account, then played Victor Blom at Isildur, beat him for 800k. And then... Supposedly this was found out by Bet365 and they actually made Jepsen return the entire 800k. Now Jepsen also says that at the time Bet365 clamped down on him for this that there was only 650k left in his account because this Flink guy had chunked off some of the money. So he said that Bet365 actually threatened to sue him unless he were to deposit 150k on there and also send that to Victor Blom to make 800 and he claims he did it. Good for them. I mean, good for them, but can you believe that this guy actually deposited 150k? And and keep in mind he didn't do this out of guilt. He actually did this out of fear. He uh, Jepson felt the whole time that it was one fair and square because it was, you know, it was it's not like there was someone hole carding or anything. It was just a uh, a different person playing than than Isildur thought he was playing. And and uh, now I don't disagree that he sh- he should have been owed the money back because it, it's against the terms of service to do something like this. It, it is a form of cheating. But uh, Jepsen felt that since it was still a fair match, since it was still a match where uh, they're playing their hands out and nobody could see each other's cards and there's nothing rigged, nothing like that, that he shouldn't owe anything. So it's amazing that believing he shouldn't have owed the money, he still deposited 150k just to send to Victor Blom because Bet365 threatened to sue him. Uh, they also threatened to ban him from the site, which also may have been the uh, part of the motivation. Maybe he thought he'd make more than 150k back you know, staying on the site. But anyway, well, they're claiming they're claiming that um, he busted his account, so he wanted right. So so he he hopped on his buddy's account because he busted his own. Could they not do player transfers? I, I don't know what the situation was, but that's what he was claiming. Yeah, maybe there's some limit. I'm not sure what happened there. That's an awful excuse if you could just easily click a few buttons and transfer money over to another account. Yeah, I'm not sure. There there could have been a limit or something, or maybe some kind of thing where it takes a few days to transfer that type of money. But anyway, then uh, this Jepsen guy is angry that Victor Blum acted as the victim in that article. He says, look, the guy got all the money back, so why are you still playing victim? Why are you, why are you coming out and talking about being cheated when you got all the money back? Well, I think that's a dumb thing to say because uh, um, yeah, he was accusing Blum of free-rolling him. But that's not really true. I, I think that Blum only you know, wanted the money back after he was playing under false pretenses. And, and, you know, against someone who was violating the terms of service. He wasn't saying, it's not like Blom knew about it beforehand and said, ah, I know this guy's multi-accounting, I'll see if I can beat him, and if I can't beat him, then I'll complain. That's free-rolling. I don't think that's what Blom was doing. And I don't even think that's what Jepsen's saying he was doing. I think he's saying it was a free-roll because there was no way Blom could lose here. Because if Blom won, he would have just kept the money, 
and if he lost, then uh, he had to sit, you know he would get it back because of the multi accounting. But I don't think Blom he could have lost if Bet three six five never discovered it and forced him to pay back. Right, right. So I don't think it was a free roll. But you know how can he bitch about Victor Blom telling the story at this point when it's a true story? Like so now the one thing he accuses uh, Victor Blom of that I probably believe is that Victor Blom said that after this happened and he lost eight hundred k, it decimated him and he had to rebuild from nothing that he was broke. I don't necessarily believe that. It's possible, but I think he was probably exaggerating. I think that uh, he didn't have to... He, he portrayed it like that he had to start up and you know grind back up again. I don't believe that. I, Wait, I believe so it was kind of a long time after this happened that, that Blom got repaid? No, it was... You know what? I don't know how long it was after that, but uh, um, it, it wasn't that long. But yeah, that's a good point, too. Like It wasn't that long, so... So, of course, he didn't have to rebuild from nothing. So... Uh, I think that's. I think actually that was Jepsen's point. I didn't really understand what he was saying, but I think I think that is the point he's probably making. Look, you got back the money so fast, you didn't have to rebuild from anything. So uh, I I do think it's kind of funny that he he deposited back 150k. Um, I don't think that Jepsen should be unhappy that Victor Blom's telling the story. If he wants it's to, the act- same. It's the same kind of fallacious logic that Zach complained about when I outed him for all the scummy stuff that he did. Yeah. They feel like, you know, you got your restitution, so now you should just keep quiet. I don't air my dirty laundry out. You know, it's your it's your obligation to to hide my misdeeds. Yeah. I guess. Exactly. Zach was all like, you could have talked to me and maybe we could have worked this out or whatever. <laughs> which he wouldn't have, but is the point being that if he had paid me the money that now I have to hush? Yeah, it's stupid. Is that by my silence? No, it shouldn't? No, 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 of course not. No, when you when you do something that's that's scummy or shady to someone or cheat someone, you you can't expect them to keep quiet about it just because they they get made whole. That, if you that, don't want if you don't want people talking about scummy shady stuff that you did, then don't do scummy and shady things. It's really yeah. simple. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't just do that to people and then complain when they talk about it, even if you did make them whole. Yeah, and I will agree that multi accounting is not as severe cheating as super using where you can see someone's whole cards or collusion. Those are like super blatant forms of cheating. Like super using, there's no way to beat someone who can see your whole cards. And I would argue that there's even degrees of multi-accounting. I think this is worse than if he had simply started up a fresh new account and Blom thought he was playing an unknown player. And then Blom would have to you know, yeah, that, study, that, that, study his true. habits yes. and stuff. But he thought he was playing someone altogether, so he already, he already had preconceptions about his play which puts him at a much bigger disadvantage, wouldn't you say? Yeah, we actually had a situation just like this on Poker Stars involving uh, Chung Ho, and uh, I forgot that guy's real name. I've I've met him before. He he was uh, Sally Wu on uh, Full Tilt. I forgot the guy's real name. I've met him a few times. So it was him versus Mark Newhouse, but Mark Newhouse was was hiding on a different account, and and playing Chung Ho heads up and beat him for ninety k, and then had to return the money. And uh, it was a very similar situation. So, uh, anyway, I, I agree with forcing the person to return the money when they are multi-accounting and win heads up. I mean, it's it's very simple. Don't multi-account. Don't hide under other people's accounts to get action, or or to trick someone into someone's you know believing the play style is different than it really is. Uh, don't do it if you don't want the money being confiscated. I mean, you know what you're doing when you're multi-accounting and and hiding under someone's account. And, um, you know, if you're really on the account just because your friend is the only one with money, then you could always say to Victor Blom, hey, you know, get on AIM with me. I want to tell you something. And then tell him on AIM, hey, 
this is really such and such. I'm, I'm playing on, on my friend's account here. I'm just telling you this in advance. Uh, so you know, are you cool with this? Yes or no? Like it, it, Clearly, I don't believe this BS about, oh, my friend busted his account. I, I'm sure this was an attempt to play Isildur with an advantage, thinking he was somebody else, and, and you know, Isildur not being used to this other person's play style and thinking he knew the person's play style that he was facing. So uh, I, I don't have any sympathy for him losing the 800k back to Victor Blum uh, or having it taken away from him. But I, I don't think that multi-accounting in this fashion is as bad as things like what Russ Hamilton did. That's much worse because then then the other person has no chance. At least when you're multi-accounting, you're playing poker fairly. You're just not being fair to the person about who you are. You're lying about who you are, but the poker itself is going down in normal fashion. So it's still bad, but not quite as bad as super using or, or collusion or something like that. But but still, yes. still pretty bad. There are bad. degrees. Yeah, there's definitely degrees. I've had people say, oh, there's no degrees. Cheating is cheating. That's not true. There's, there's, you know, it's, it's much, much worse to... That's such a narrow viewpoint. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, so much worse to cheat when you're playing someone and see their whole cards than playing a regular poker match where they just think your strategy is different. I mean, a lot of times people's strategy changes just from the same person, from the mood they're in, from just that they feel like adjusting. There's many ways a person's strategy can change. Uh, so I, I agree that if the person's violating the terms of service, they shouldn't be able to reap benefits of that. But uh, on, on the other hand, that's, that's nowhere near something like super using. So anyway, that that happened, and it's only news now, four years later, because uh, the whole story has come out. And uh, Look, even even if like um, suppose that you don't really have an edge by playing on your buddy's account and using it to play someone heads up, you think you have an edge, or you feel. I don't know, maybe you think you're better than you are, or you think that this is a bigger advantage than it really is. Say that you're actually a dog in the game, but you get lucky and you win the money. You should still pay it back, simply because what you did was wrong. You tried to circumvent the rules. Yeah. You didn't even really gain an advantage. In fact, you put yourself at a disadvantage from your own hubris, but you still broke the rules. You still kind of cheated a little bit. Well, that, so, that was, In fact, that was the, the point... It doesn't the, matter how large your advantage is. The, the other side the of this thing. The other side of this point was what Newhouse was saying when he did it. He was saying, "Look, the guy whose account I was using is a good winning player on PokerStars. So it's not like you thought you were playing a fish." And and Chung Ho says, "I don't care. I, I thought I was playing him, not you. And that's all that matters. You you should not have been doing that." And, you know, he had a point. I, I think that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, again, it's not as bad as him going on an account that's, that's supposed to be a fish. But but still, if if you think it's someone different, then it's not being honest with with your opponent. Heads up, it's it's very important that everyone really knows who they're facing and and uh, and that you're not being tricked in that fashion. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that recently came out, and I thought it was an interesting story. And in fact, I hadn't even heard about it when it first happened four years ago. I guess most people hadn't, and uh, it's more a thing that came out as a result of that uh, Danish article. And you can read the whole article on the scam scandals and shadiness forum. Yeah, I saw the article on the Danish website, and I tried translating it, and it was pretty much unreadable. <laughs> yeah, no, but there's an English think... version now that that uh, is readable. Okay, yeah, that's good. So somebody actually manually translated it. Apparently, it's like on its own website on that Danish site. They now have an English version. So okay, that's uh, good. yeah, Google Translate is a long way to go. Sometimes it's okay though. I mean, I I, I appreciate it. I've I've like gone to sites where it's in Russian or something. I have no chance of ever understanding. Yeah, sometimes you can get through the... It's horrible English, but it's somewhat understandable, so it's providing some value. 
But uh, some languages are worse than others. Like Spanish and Fre- Romance languages are usually fine, but uh, once you start getting into uh, Scandinavian languages and Chinese and things like that, it's it's really tough. You know what's funny? I actually learned some Norwegian a number of years ago because I was playing on the CryptoLogic network so much, and there were so many Norwegian guys on there, and they were so often speaking Norwegian to each other. And CryptoLogic, it was they they so didn't enforce things over there, so like there was no way I could complain and say, "Hey, these guys are speaking Norwegian." Like they just uh, they wouldn't do anything about that. So I actually learned some Norwegian. From observing them and actually making an effort myself to try to learn some Norwegian, wow. uh, just, just so b- for two reasons: one, so I could understand them, and two, so I could talk trash to them and and, and freak them out that I'm doing it in Norwegian. Nice. <laughs> so uh, anyway, and I also you were actually allowed to multi-account on there, not share accounts, but of course they didn't clamp down on that either. But you were actually allowed to make as many accounts as you wanted on the CryptoLogic network, even within the same skin. That was actually something allowed there. So at least everyone was, you know, known that it was allowed to be done. So yeah, if it's within the rules and the site says sure you can do that, then that's totally fine. So people started making like accounts to to pretend like from other locations, like people in Norway say from Las Vegas. So so I started doing the same thing back to them. I started pretending to be from from Oslo or something like that. And so yeah. that's that's another reason I, I learned some Norwegian. So and I, I didn't feel bad about that because they were trying to fool me with their Las Vegas crap. So I said, all right, you know. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Exactly. So anyway, uh... although there's a, there's a really stupid thing, it's dumb, but uh, I'd like to address it real quick. Yes, go ahead. Like, uh, people have been asking me about it, and uh, it just came up in the chat earlier. Uh, Zach Hart uh, got back on Twitter about a week ago, and it's probably because Asian Spa and and John Devine and a few other people have been constantly harassing him on Twitter, <laughs> uh, just for like a month straight. Uh, finally came out of hiding, and he he was all mad. Uh, and he made, he said a few things, and he said one thing that's not true. That, that, was it that? It was that, but it, there was another thing that he said. He told a story about something that happened last year, which is a false uh, retelling of what actually happened. I was in Las Vegas last summer, and uh, I was walking down the hall of the Rio one day, and uh, and I heard somebody shout, Tom! Now, Tom's not my name. I go by Thomas, so I didn't really think anything of it. But then I heard it again. Louder, Tom! So, so I turn my head, and there's Zach. Wow. Who, who's never called me Tom until I left. I, he always called me Thomas, too, so that's just weird. But uh, So I turn, and it's him shouting at me, and I just kind of rolled my eyes, and I just kept walking by. Turned my head and just kept walking up the hall. Now he's going, <laughs> he said on Twitter last week that I ran away from him. Uh, like I was scared or something. I wonder what he's going to do when he sees me at the World Series this year, if he goes. Because uh, I told you last year he just uh, he tried to say hello to me, and I didn't respond, and then he acted offended. Now, he, he wouldn't say I ran away from him because I was just sitting there, and I didn't move from where I was sitting. But uh, um, he was surprised that I wasn't friendly to him. But I wonder this year yeah. uh, what what he will do. But that's, that's, that's weird how he calls out to these people that he knows don't like him. Well, he seems to think that I'm some kind of a pussy because I don't want to talk to him. Because at the World Series, I had no interest in having any conversations with him or talking to him. Um, so I just ignored him. And, you know, because I didn't call him recently over the website shit that, um, you know, that I'm afraid to, like, pick up the phone. And I'm not. I just don't have no interest in doing that. It's, it's uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's just a little bit annoying and just something I felt I needed to clear up. Yeah, well, 
it's it's funny. Like I think he wanted to talk to me too, and I I said I don't have anything more to say. Like he yeah, said, well, like, he said you have a, you had a lot to say on Twitter. I said I did, and I'm, I'm done saying it. <laughs> I've said all I have to say. I, but what is it, I didn't see a point in talking to him because nothing he said was going to convince me that he didn't do the the shady things he did with a uh, you know warning radio guests not to come on our show and, and crap like that. Like uh, you know I, I knew it was done. I knew for a fact it happened. I knew that he did it. I knew there's no explanation for it that would would have uh, been sufficient to me. So uh, nothing more to say. Oh, you know, I will say one, and Jay sat in the chat just said that Zach threatened to beat him up. <laughs> I will say there is one thing that I am I am afraid of. He told me a story once about how he beat up some dude in a in a bathroom in a casino. And he told me that that's because, he, do, he did that because there's no cameras in the bathrooms, apparently. So, you know, if somebody, if you ever get mad at someone, you just follow them into the bathroom and kick their ass. Yeah, I've heard that story. I mean, not about him, but I've heard about that before. But I, so I, who knows if, if I ever, really did it, I would, I would probably, you know, steer clear of the bathrooms if I know he's around. That's, <laughs> he's a bigger guy than me. He could totally, he could totally beat my ass. I, I know that. So, that's, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. Who knows if Call that's me. really a true, it may not have to be a true story, though. Who knows if he really did that? Yeah, I don't know. He makes, he, he tells a lot of stories. Yeah, I was going to play a sound effect, but it didn't come up fast enough. Now it's, now it's anticlimactic, so I'm, I'm not even going to play it. I'm just, I'm just right. going to pretend I wasn't going to play a sound effect. Right. Keep that record scratch queued up. <laughs> that's right. I, I'll make sure they have the record scratch all the time on hand. All right, so uh, moving along here, past the little uh, snake in the grass update, uh, I want to talk about the Royal Canadian Bank sending out warning letters related to using accounts for online gambling. Of course, this only affects Canadians, but the Royal Canadian Bank, uh, uh, actually, it's uh, RBC. I guess it should be RCB. Maybe it's the Royal Bank of Canada. Maybe I, I, I put wrong. Maybe it's actually supposed to be... Royal Bank of Canada, but whatever. Who cares? You know what I'm talking about. They sent out warning letters related to online gambling. And I'll read the warning letter this one received. This is back in February, so this is not a terribly new story, but I thought it was interesting and I hadn't discussed it on here. Uh, this is what someone on 2 Plus 2 received. We are writing this letter to set out certain operational restrictions with respect to your accounts at RBC Royal Bank. That actually sounds like a that sounds like re- redundant. RBC Royal Bank. Doesn't the R stand for Royal? Okay, anyway. Uh, as a federally regulated financial institution, RBC is required by law to operate within defined regulatory parameters and has accordingly created and implemented certain policies and procedures to ensure that these restrictions and regulatory expectations are observed. One of these policy requirements restricts the use of RBC accounts to facilitate online or internet gambling. Now, this is Canada, not the U.S., by the way. In light of these requirements, please do not use RBC accounts in connection with online gambling activities. Now, I didn't even know there's any kind of regulatory problems with online gambling in Canada. Please understand that our concerns with respect to the use of your RBC account are serious. Not just serious, but seriously serious. If you continue to use your RBC accounts in connection with online gambling activities... We may have to exit our banking relationship with you. Very dire consequence. If you if wow. you dare continue, we're going to close your account. Dun dun dun. So that's that's what they sent to someone, and uh, they're basically saying quit the online gambling, or we're going to shut down your account. But I thought it's interesting that they're doing it now. Some Canadians on this site uh, had a, a collective yawn about this. 
uh, someone wrote, this is standard. Almost all Canadian banks have restrictions that your money cannot be used for gambling. Uh, back when I played on Stars, I opened a second checking account and told them it was just for poker, and the guy at the RBC Bank thought it was cool, even though it was against the terms of service. Uh, never had a problem with them. Until the Canadian banks actually start doing something about this, this is not news. This is what one of our Canadian users said. So... So what is the threat exactly? That they actually freeze your account no, and take all your down. funds, or no, do they just, just close your account? Just close out your account. So it's not that big of a deal. Take your business elsewhere. Yeah, if, as long as you have somewhere else you're willing to bank, it's not that big of a deal. And uh, they're not going to take your funds. But I thought it was interesting that they're even getting involved in warning people about this in Canada. Well, surely something must have precipitated this. There must be a reason that they're now all of a sudden taking. And a, st- a stance on this, threatening to actually enforce that rule. Yeah, maybe the government gave them a hard time, or maybe they, they reevaluated something. Someone in a thread also suggested that uh, gamblers are a credit risk and that uh, they, they don't want that sort of thing. And I, my theory was that they don't want to deal with the chargebacks. That maybe people charge these back too often, these deposits to poker sites, so they're just saying, stop doing online gambling, it's wasting our time, and Wasting, you know, our customer service manpower for these stupid chargebacks. So, uh, yeah, that's actually a really common thing uh, in certain industries. Gambling's one of them. If you ever listen to Chuck Kidd talk about this, he says that um, it's a very high risk industry for chargebacks. Uh, gambling is, pornography is, uh, illicit things like this. <laughs> and pornography. A big reason, yeah, pornography, because <laughs> a lot of people charge back pornography. That's why that's why uh, there's so few payment options for it. C money, I'm sure, can tell you. But a lot of a lot of times, like it'll uh, it'll often be because of spouses. Like your wife says, "What, honey? What the hell is this on the bill?" And the husband will be like, oh, "I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't oh. me. That's a fraudulent I, I was charge." Actually think, you know what? I was actually thinking it was different. I was thinking that like a guy gets like really horny and goes on some some like some site that he's kind of ashamed of, and then uh, you know like like asslicking.com and and pays a lot of money to. Watch people's ass being licked, and then like afterwards, he's like, "Oh, what did I just do?" Like, like, yeah, like, like, he's, sure. he's, or, he's or, embarrassed that he with, paid for it, and and then like lies to himself that he never did it, and like uh, just wants it off the record, like a delusional thing. <laughs> yeah, delusional, or just like doesn't want it found out one day that this charge on there was legitimate. So if anyone ever questions it, not even his wife, just like like if just somehow it gets found out one day that that he doesn't want it hitting somewhere that. He went to a site like that and paid for it. So yeah, with gambling, you know, a lot of people might have the mentality of, uh, "Are oh, this this fucking site's rigged? My aces got cracked six times yesterday. This is bullshit. I'm charging it back." People make these sort of rationalizations with things like poker and porn, which you wouldn't necessarily do for like ordering something off of Amazon or buying something at the uh, at the electronics store. You know, uh, somehow you can morally rationalize it with those things but not others. So yeah. these are very these are high risk kinds of businesses when it comes to chargebacks. And maybe yeah, maybe the Canadian bank just doesn't want to deal with that when it comes to when it comes to online yeah, gambling. Yeah, might be and then they're hiding behind regulations. They're like, oh, the regulations say you can't do this and you know technically they're right, but in reality they just don't want to deal with the chargebacks, but who knows. They might have looked at their books and said, "Wow, yeah, there sure are a lot of chargebacks with this specific processor. We should probably just go ahead and and stop taking this business." Yeah. So um by the way, in the American market, for many years, Wells Fargo was the the last bank standing as far as allowing charges to online poker sites. I had a Not Wells Fargo Sun card. First bank. <laughs> I had a Wells Fargo card for the longest time, just for that reason—to deposit the stars and tilt. 
because they never rejected it and all the other banks did. And uh, shortly before Black Friday, that ended. But for a long time, you could use Wells Fargo. And uh, so for a while, they must have decided they were okay with that. And then finally, they clamped down. And I heard it wasn't just they were ignorant to it. I heard they knew online gambling was being charged and they were fine with it. But all the well, other... Yeah, I mean, you would... I, you see, this is what I was wondering with the Canadian Royal Bank is that why would you turn away business? Like, why do you care what it's for? Surely it's not for some moral... Uh, mo- moral reason like no. your outrage that your customers are, are doing things that you don't approve of. It would, it would have to be for fear of legal repercussions. Yeah, it's something like that. Either that or just it's not worth it to them because of the chargebacks or the hassle. So um, let's let's talk about Zynga Poker. I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. Everyone's been licking their chops as far as Zynga Poker dreaming about one day Zynga Poker and all of its fish. All the uh, housewives in middle America that sit home all day on Facebook and go on Zynga and, and are horrible. One day playing against them for real money. And people love people love to downplay how big this could be. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing from your tone that you're one of them. Well, it could be big, but right now it's not big at all. Right now, Zynga Poker is offering online poker, but with a catch. Uh, it's not really on their network. It's not that same network you play on Facebook or through your cell phone. This is They actually made a separate real money network that's just a party poker skin or a B-Win skin, you know, B-Win party. So you're not playing any different players on uh, the Zynga real money site than you are uh, if you just go on a B-Win account or a party account. Uh, maybe this is going to add to their player pool, but the other problem is it's only people in the U.K., since, of course, online poker is not legal yet in the U.S., so Zynga is only launching real money online poker in the UK, and it's not just poker. Here's the article about it from TheVerge.com. Zynga has become one of the more ubiquitous purveyors of online games and is well-known for its free-to-play mobile games. Now it hopes to nickel and dime players to death with its entry into true online gambling. I like the way they put that, nickel and dime players to death. Zynga Plus Poker and Zynga Plus Casino. Now keep in mind Zynga Plus, that means it's that stupid skin of B-Win instead of the regular Zynga, are launching on April 3rd, six days ago, in the UK and will let players gamble real money in a variety of games, including Blackjack, Roulette, Baccarat, and of course, multiple poker options. For starters, these games will be available either through your browser or a downloaded app, but Zynga says it wants to launch social versions on Facebook and mobile apps at some time during 2013. I don't know if that means uh, at that point that they'll merge it with the real Zynga network, but... uh, Right now, it's still the separate thing. It's just a skin of a party. Zynga is part is partnering with BWIN Party, a company that calls, quote, one of the largest and most reputable real money gaming operations worldwide. There's no word yet on when Zynga's real money games might roll out to other parts of the world, but online gambling is making a bit of a legal resurgence in the U.S. It wouldn't surprise us to see Zynga sets its sights there next. Well, it's not next. I'm sure that's where their sights have been the whole time. They just can't do it yet. So uh, I, I agree it would be huge if Zynga is ever able to offer online poker for real money to U.S. players and, and link that in with Facebook and, and you know link it with their play money games and have those same players deposit and play real money. There's a few hurdles to this beyond just uh, federal legalization of online poker. Another big hurdle is they would have to associate themselves in some way with an entity that would get a license because it seems like the licenses for 
online poker sites that would be legalized in the U.S. whenever this happens would be tied to companies that have an existing license to operate uh, to operate brick and mortar poker and to operate brick and mortar casinos. That seems to be where it's going. In Nevada, you you need to have a resort casino, right? So uh, elsewhere, who knows? Yeah. So, but but that from what I've heard, this is usually these bills that have failed all seem to have that sort of requirement where you have to have an existing gaming license. I wonder. I wonder why that is. So, well, it makes sense. I mean, they this way they have experience with it, and they they they're not just a. Uh... Oh, by the way, I got a. Uh... I was being a little sarcastic there. Okay, okay. I, I got distracted because uh, someone actually just uh, texted me. I'm not going to say who it is, but it's someone you'd probably be surprised to hear texted me. But I, I can't say who it is. I'm sorry to tease everybody about it. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's, uh, it's someone someone that at some point uh, you know, didn't get along with me for very well. It's, it's not the snake in the grass, don't worry. But it's, it's someone who uh, I've since come to terms with. But he must be listening to the show. And uh, he texted me, RBC just got bought by PNC, which has a huge Washington presence. So that makes sense. <laughs> if they have a, a huge presence in uh, in Washington... The new owners of RBC. We're talking about the previous story now. The Royal Bank of What's Canada. What's PNC? Uh, it, it's another bank in. Uh, I think it's based out of Pennsylvania. Uh, it's the PNC Park of, uh, of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Actually, is, is uh, named after them. So that they bought uh, RBC, and uh, this person says that PNC has a huge presence in Washington, which is not surprising. And if they do, then it would make sense that uh, RBC is being asked not to process online poker transactions by their parent company. So, okay, that makes more sense. Anyway, uh, getting back to Zynga. Now, some, now someone's saying, no, they didn't buy RBC in the chat. I don't know what to say. Your sources have not been on point lately. I, I don't know. You need to do some vetting of uh, some of these sources. You know, you, you had you had the slip up there with the Sean Deeb story. I mean, I don't know who you've got on your phone there sending you these hot tips. But, you know. I should pick up wanna... my phone just to make sure that Ken Scaler hadn't tried to call while we were doing a segment here. And uh, No, it was from a, uh, a different person. Uh, no, it wasn't Adam Schoenfeld, by the way. <laughs> but uh, me and Schoenfeld have come to terms, too. You know, it's not like we talk, but we're, uh, you know, I, I'm not holding grudges with him anymore either. But uh, getting back to the situation with, uh, with Zynga. I think it'd be great if one day they offer it, but uh, there are some hurdles they have to go through. They'll have to attach themselves probably to some sort of casino that has, would be able to get a license in the U.S., provided that is what is the requirement when U.S. Uh, you know, federal online poker is legalized. I don't think we'll be playing Zynga poker for real money in the U.S. for quite some time, though. It would be nice, and that really is my dream with online poker. That's, that's what I, I hope one day. That's what I hope I... I can be playing and look back on days like this and say, oh, man, if, if only I knew in 2013 what I'd have. Because uh, if you could have just Joe Middle America poker player who can easily just get money online from an existing account on a site like Zynga, I mean, there will be so many people who put money on there. So many people who, who take a shot at it. There would just be such a huge player pool. And when you have such a huge player pool, you know, I, I'm going to make a little tangent here, but sort of related. 
Uh, I used to have my dad asking me, why do you play the $10,000 main event at the World Series? This is after I'd bricked it several times in a row. He said, why do you play that? For $10,000, these have got to be really good players. And uh, why are you risking that much money? (laughs) Yeah, there's got to (laughs) be. And and I said, you know what? For most $10,000 events, that's true. But for the World Series of Poker main event, when they get 7,000 people, 8,000 people, whatever, there just are not that many really good poker players out there. There just aren't that many players that are going to be that good. So when you have that large number of people in the field, you're always going to have people in there that aren't very good. And that that's one good thing you get out of this huge field. And and so he understood. And he he understood better when, in 2010, I made 88th. But uh, it's something that's easy to not understand if you're not a poker player, like my father is. And my father's a really, really smart guy, but he's not a poker player. And while he understands how poker works, he, he you know it would seem to him that a $10,000 tournament would uh, have all pro players. But it doesn't. It's uh, There's a lot of people in the main event who are really, really lousy players. There's there's some who are in the middle, there's some who are good. It's it's a, it's all over in the main event. The first table you get is, is huge as far as how far you'll get. And that's because of the brand. It's because of the World Series of Poker main event holds a lot of prestige. It's what everybody watched on television. That's what everybody, that's what the laymen want to play. Yeah, and so, so the reason I'm bringing this up is with Zynga. If you have a gigantic pool of people that's already interested in poker, and already may think they're good because they've uh, beaten some mega fish and, and Zynga. Uh, if you have this gigantic pool of people, you're always going to have a lot of fish to play because there's only going to be a small percentage of the people that rise up and become very good. Now, you do have the counter effect that we saw when the poker boom occurred, the, the money maker WBT poker boom that started in 2003, in that when you get a large group of people coming into the game and a small percentage rises up and becomes good, even that small percentage is still a lot of people compared to what it was before. So if the pool of fish then gets a lot smaller, then you have a lot more good players than there were previously competing for those same fish. And then it gets crappy. And that's what we have going on right now. We have way, way, way more good players in poker today than we had 10 years ago. And that's why the same number of fish as there were 10 years ago won't cut it. And it's something that isn't covered very much and isn't thought about very much, but it's true. And uh, the presence of good players in your game is much more important, in my opinion, than the absent or, or th- than the presence of fish. Presence well, it's of kind fish of an evolutionary thing, isn't it, it? It is sort of yes. But the presence of fish is important. But I've always said that the ideal poker game for someone is where everyone at the table is worse than they are by a good margin. That doesn't mean everyone at the table is horrible, but where the next best player is still a good deal worse than you, and not by your deluded opinion of yourself, but in reality. Then, in that type of game, you're going to kill. Unless you get terrible cards, that is your best situation, where you're just far and away the best player at the table. It's much better to be in that spot than to be in a spot with five other really good players at the table and three megafish, because you still have to compete with the really good players for their money. So if you're the best one at the table by far, that's definitely the best situation for you. So getting back to the Zynga thing, this is exactly what we need. A very large pool of fish that joins the game that can support all the existing pros, and provided that this does not bring up a whole new group of players that, uh, and it will to some degree, that rise up and become good, that the poker economy will, will be replenished. 
But uh, well, it, does, it doesn't matter if the number of predator, if the predator population grows, that's fine as long as the stream of fish is constant and in flo- flowing in steadily, rather than declining like it did from about 2006 onward. Yeah, well, that, that's the other problem is that uh, it was actually declining. Now, the what they're doing in England right now is they're playing on a separate server, right? The Zynga Plus is not using their right. regular it, it, it's Zynga actually, pool. It's actually just a skin into the Party B-Win server. Now, so, it might be the same way in the United States. I mean, I have no idea. I'm just speculating. But even if they did have, like, a totally different platform, if they kept the regular Zynga they have now with the play money and then they had a completely separate Zynga real money that uh, was connected to Facebook and was open to the United States... You, you wouldn't have that enormous pool, but you would still have that brand. Yeah. That the, same brand that attracts people to play in the World Series Poker main event, these awful players, will be attracted to Zynga because they know the name Zynga. They've been playing it for years, and Zynga has the reach on their other play money uh, system to uh, kind of divert people over there. Even if they're not, even if they're not merged... It's still it's still quite a powerful force Zynga can do to attract lots of recreational players. Well, no, I agree that having uh, the, the brand there will will help some. Uh, that, that's what they're hoping there in the UK. That even though it's just a party skin now, that it'll bring people who are used to playing Zynga in the UK and say, "Oh, Zynga, real money? Okay, I play that." And the the same people wouldn't necessarily play Party or B Win. So that that's it's defi- the name on the box. Yeah, it's it's definitely the name on the box situation. And uh, but of course it'd be best if they just combine the two sites, the real money and the play money. But uh, that yeah, that, 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 that would be ideal. That that hasn't happened yet. The other thing that's concerning is that there's also a casino involving blackjack, roulette, baccarat. So that takes away some of the fish too, who just play casino games instead. Now in the U.S., I don't think that'd be allowed. So I I wouldn't worry about that. If it does come to the U.S., I wouldn't be concerned because they're not going to ever allow that. That's it seems like just about nobody wants to legalize those games. When I say nobody, I mean nobody of any influence or power. None of the casinos are for that. Nobody's for doing that. What we could see in the U.S. sometime in the next few years would be legalization of online poker, and especially at the state level, we're going to see very soon. But uh, we're not going to see legalization of online blackjack, roulette, and baccarat. That's just never going to occur here in the U.S., or at least not for a very, very, very long time. So, that's what's going on with Zynga, and uh, we will watch what occurs. And if one day I hear Zynga is offering online games, uh, online poker for real money in the U.S., I'll stop what I'm doing and get my ass on there. And uh, It's going to be a boom, man. I, I think that could be huge. People say there will never be a boom like there was in 03, but I think you could have one half as big, if yeah. not bigger. Well, maybe, I think it would be enormous. Maybe when Benjamin's 40 years old, he'll be playing on there and he'll be talking about how, uh, you know, Almost 40 years ago, his dad was talking about how he, he wanted to one day and uh, say, oh, if only my dad was alive to see this. So, all right. Uh, we've covered all our real topics tonight. Uh, I am going to try. I, I don't expect to be successful here, but I'm going to try to reach some uh, celebrities. That uh, are, are we not going to get to the possible Ken Skiller call? Well, I can't call him. He has to call me. I mean, I'd like to, but he's he has not called in. You promise us this every week. I do, it, but I, I it never I'm his, happens. I'm at his mercy. Here, I'll tell you a, a story actually about uh, about Ken Scaler. Um, I, I got a frantic call from him the other day that uh, 
he needs to meet me and he needs $500. <laughs> so apparently, you know, he goes to this Coachella festival uh, every year and it's in April. So in April, money gets very tight because uh, he, he he spends a lot of money on this Coachella thing. First of all, the ticket is $349 and he goes both weeks. So that, right there, that's 700 bucks. And then you have to stay in a hotel there because it's nowhere near L.A. And he, uh, you know, it's by Palm Springs. So that costs money. Even though he stays at Motel 6, it still costs money for the hotel. Uh, there's transportation. He gets people to drive him, but he pays for their gas, which, of course, is fair. Uh, a lot of times the people he takes, he pays for them, too. And uh, in week two, he's actually taking a girl there. And uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, he's paying for her ticket. So he's this is someone who works like a minimum wage job with little commission. So he, he and, and he blows all his money on that girl, Stephanie, you've heard on this show before. So Wait, is uh, he still seeing her? Oh, of course he is. Yeah, of course he is. So so he, he had no money and he was hoping his mom requires that he pays like half the rent every month and she pays the other half. He was hoping she she would uh, forgive this for the month of April because of Coachella. But when he called her up, she said, nope, I'm not forgiving this. You still owe me the money, the half the money for the rent. So she wanted like $600. I think his rent's like 1200 He talked her down to 500 but the problem was he had zero on him because he, he barely had enough money for Coachella coming up in the next few weeks. The first week of Coachella is actually this, this Friday. Uh, he, he didn't have any additional money beyond that. So he begged me for money, saying it was his only hope to not have his mother refuse to pay the rent. His, he said his mother was, was clamping down and refusing to send the money to the landlord, and this is already after April 1st, unless he came up with $500 and either gave it to her or gave it to the landlord and had the landlord, you know, and then she'd send the, the balance. So uh, I kindly loaned him $500 and... Uh, that's Ho- nice. Hopefully it doesn't take an eternity to get the money back. He's promising I'll have the money by May 15th, but I won't hold my breath. So uh, that, that's, that's what's going on with, with uh, Master Ken Scaler. And he does actually sell plasma, by the way. A lot of people don't even know about selling plasma. But uh, you've heard about giving blood. Plasma is a, a less intrusive uh, version of giving blood where they just take the plasma out of you and put the blood back in. I still can't imagine it's very healthy to do this on a regular basis twice a week. But you are allowed by law to do twice a week, and uh, I imagine they pay less for it too. Right? Yeah, they only pay you uh, thirty or forty bucks each time, and, and the, I think arguably the worst part of it, uh, other than the possible health effects of it, which are not really known, are is the fact that you have to sta- sit there for like four hours waiting to do it. It's like a long ass wait, and and you sit with really some of the lowest uh, grade people you can think of. You have to imagine that it's not. Uh, not exactly fine human beings they're giving plasma for 40 bucks and waiting hours to do it so uh, but he does this every week twice a week this is a lot of what funds his uh dinners with stephanie and I, i've tried to talk him out of it but uh but but he won't and, and some people even asked hey why don't you just give ken scaler you know 60 70 bucks a week and and, and have him not do the plasma just if, just as a friend the problem is if I did that, he would still do the plasma and just use that 60 or 70 bucks to go to additional dinners with Stephanie. So <laughs> there's, no, there's no way I could win. I would love to see him not doing the plasma. but uh, And what's funny is Ken tells me that he's very, like now that he's over 40, he, he's very concerned about death 
that he's always scared of death, that he really doesn't, uh, you know, he's worried that he's just going to have a heart attack one day. And, uh, you know, and I can relate to that being 41 myself. But I told him, look, why are you doing the plasma then? You're, you're barely getting any money for it. It's not like it's making you rich. Like, you're barely getting money for it. Why don't you just, like, not do it and not go to dinners with Stephanie and, and you know, whatever health risk this is bringing on is going to go away. So, uh, and, you know, he actually has some decent genes. I think his grandmother lived to, like, 100 and his mom's still alive and she's, like, 82. So, you know, he uh, he might actually have some good genes to live for a long time. But uh, it's weird that someone who's so concerned about his health is uh, then doing this plasma thing. And not getting much money for it, but that's that's can't, can't miss those dinners with Stephanie. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're a hoot. <laughs> they actually are. If you were, <laughs> have you heard them before when we've called them? I've I've heard them individually, not together. Oh, you haven't heard I, them. I, I miss I miss the calls to angry Stephanie when, well, uh, when Drexel the pro- is here. The problem is she sees him. It's not even about Drexel not being here. The problem is she just doesn't see him on Tuesday typically. It's just not timed well. So I, I think she actually saw him more on Wednesday. Maybe that's a good reason to change the show to Wednesday, but she sees him more on Wednesday and especially on Friday. But I, I don't want to do the show on Friday, and I think a lot of people don't want the show on Friday either because while they don't have to go to work the next day typically, uh, a lot of people have plans for Friday night and they don't want to have to sit home and do radio. At least at least with a radio show here on, on Tuesday night, it, it's a time when people don't really have plans typically. So... Uh, that, that's a little Kent Scaler update for you. And, you know, it's it, with loaning him money, it's always... It's always a balance between not wanting him to take the money and misuse it. When I say misuse it, I mean like go to more dinners with Stephanie or other bullshit like that, uh, and and wanting to help him out as a friend because you know, he's never going to have money, and uh, you know I don't want him to suffer and I don't want him to lose his apartment and I don't want him to uh, you know go without things that are really important to him. That's why I always buy his Coachella tickets in advance and then he pays me back over time. Like you know, I, I want him to be happy because he's my friend and I've, I've known him over twenty years. But at the same time, I don't want to enable some of the, the stupid things that he's doing. So it's, it's always a weird balance. It's, it's, uh... Anyway, let me, uh, let, let me try to call some of these uh, celebrity phone numbers. I got a few of them. They'll probably be a fail. But uh, the same person who sent me them before sent me a few new ones. Now, this, is, uh, this one I actually checked beforehand and got a weird message that you have to show your caller ID. But I think with Skype, you can dodge that. And if it doesn't, I can actually change my Skype to where I show a caller ID phone number. Oh, you can tell us who it is beforehand, can't you? Yeah. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to go warn him. It's a certain girl named Stephanie J. Germanata. Recognize that name? No, I do not. Lady Gaga. Oh. I doubt we'll reach her, but how funny would it be if we got Lady Gaga on the show? It's just so tempting to call these numbers. I just can't help myself. Now it's just sitting there. When I called it myself before, it said you had to show your caller ID. And I didn't want to for my home phone, which I was calling it from, for obvious reasons. It's just sitting here. Oh, here Sorry, but there's no room right now to record your message. What? Please try again later. Goodbye. You know, that makes me think it might be real. Yeah, her, her voicemail is definitely full. And it went to the first, first ring voicemail. It's possible it's just some chump who got uh, his number given out as as Lady Gaga, and now idiots are leaving voicemails, but could be her. Okay, we're going to try uh, Justin Timberlake. And it's really disappointing, because, you know, me and Lady Gaga, we're, we're kind of in the same business. We both write songs about poker, and, I, you know, I wanted to rap with her. That's true. About, about the business. That's true. We're like colleagues. 
You know what's so funny? When that sh- when that song first came out, Poker Face, and I saw it, I didn't know who Lady Gaga was. She wasn't very big at the time. And uh, and I said, this, this song's awful. Like, I, I, was, I thought this was just some fringe song. I didn't think it was going to be some uh, major hit and that Lady Gaga was going to be one of the most uh, famous musicians of upcoming years. So, I think that's one of her weaker songs. It, it is, but uh, I agree with that, too. The and number course, you have reached for the yeah. whoop. That's the end of that. Yeah, there's one I found on, on. It's actually from a website. I guess JT hasn't been paying his bills. Yeah, <laughs> that actually may, may, might mean it's true. Actually, you know, it probably wasn't true. It probably was just some guy who couldn't stand all the prank calls. Like, can you imagine? I, if... You know, these guys go through phones like all the time. Okay, I'm, I'm going to call this. Uh... Let's see. Like, I heard Phil Ivey's gone. We take what stuff. we want, and after we take Lex Luger and the child, we want the gold sucker. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. I should point out for the record, Stevie Ray, look at this. Take a look. <laughs> that's, that's, who we're gonna, that's, that's who we're going to be calling, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah, this is the Hulk. Can we just get one of these to work? This is like the one time when I've got a one-outer every time, and I never get there. Before transferring you to the Morgan Stanley voicemail system... What? Take... What? The Morgan... I should have heard whether he was going to tell me, but... That's just... That just... What's Todd? It, suppose that Hulk Hogan does pick up there. What's your plan? The sad thing is, I don't have one because I just think yeah. it's uh, it's so unlikely to reach it. Yeah. I'll say something. You know, see, I, I I'm more about instead of doing the long con, just blow your load right away and just be like, be the ultimate warrior and challenge him to a uh, no holds barred match at, at WrestleMania <laughs> or just something silly like that. <laughs> Go into a monologue. <laughs> I, I don't know what's up with these numbers. It, it's funny. This is a site. I might as well just give out the, the name of the site because everyone knows it. Uh, exposed.re. It used to be exposed.something else, but they it went down and now it's this. And it supposedly has all these celebrities' uh, credit reports and addresses. And like you could supposedly view Hulk Hogan's credit report if, if you do this. Uh, I, I don't know if, it, if these are even accurate. The phone numbers never seem to be accurate. But, uh, like, I'm clicking right now on, on George W. Bush, and there's no phone number for him. But you have his social security number, supposedly, and, and his address. I don't know if this is right. Why on earth would this information be made public? Well, this is someone putting it up to make trouble. Yeah, that's that's a really shitty thing to do. I can understand putting up people's phone numbers, you know, for laughs, but why why a social security number? That's just kind of fucked up. Yeah, well, okay, I w- so I want to look at... Uh... Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna risk getting a virus here, and I'm gonna Uh-oh. click on uh, Hulk Hogan's credit report. Let's see what I get. Now, see now I'm getting like some downloaded. See, I don't want to download anything. Never mind. Never mind. I'll, I'll do without his credit report. That's fraud alert. Who is? Was this another hot tip, Todd? From your uh, from your team of beat reporters. Yeah, yeah. And there's, here's where they claim to have the info for. But all the phone numbers are either fake. Like, like, how are we getting Morgan Stanley instead of Hulk Hogan? There's no way that could have changed so quickly. 
like some of these numbers are just totally fake. I think most of these or all of these are fake. The addresses, who knows? The credit reports, the social securities, who know? Uh, th- there are some stories that have been coming recently about what's a practice known as swatting. Now, swatting is where 911 is tricked into believing a call is coming from a different phone number. And someone recently swatted pa- Paris Hilton and a few others where the police show up and, uh, you know, they have gotten a call that someone's breaking into the house. And then, of course, nothing's actually happening. And uh, this happened to Paris Hilton recently. This happened to uh, P. Diddy. And this site is implying that the phone numbers that are up there were actually used to swat the person. But then you call them and they don't work. Like here, I'm going to go to, uh, to Paris Hilton here. Here's a, uh, here's a phone number in 310. I'm going to call this up. See what we get. This is a phone number that's supposedly swatted. And there's also weird numbers up there. Like like for Paris Hilton, there's a 313 number. There's no way 313 is her number because that's Michigan. And she's never been in Michigan in her life, is my guess. That doesn't sound like Paris' voice. I'm unable to take your call right now, so please leave a message and I will return your call as soon as possible. The guy sounded really nervous. I worry that people are calling me all day and asking for Paris. If you could just leave me alone, please. (laughs) (laughs) People uh, people get nervous recording their voicemail messages. It's kind of like public speaking. You get a little nervous. You know that lots of people are going to be listening to it. It's kind of like sitting in front of a camera. Even if even if you you know that only 20 people are ever going to see it, it's a little bit nerve-wracking for some. I've had this phone number since 2004. I don't know why you guys think I'm Paris Hilton. Please leave me alone. I'm just not going to answer my phone and hide under my covers until this goes away. Thank you. Yeah, I'm changing the 313 to 310, this other number for Paris. Maybe that's a trick. Maybe you got to like decipher what the real number is here. Maybe that's the only way to get through them is like change. Oh, it. It, it's busy. I don't know if I believe that. It no. says busy, but you never know Skype. Let's try it again. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, how is it even really busy? What's busy anymore? There's a uh, busy tones still. This is busy. You know, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw caution to the wind. just picked up my cell phone here. And I'm actually going to call out on my cell phone and see what I get. So 310-445-6764. I can say well, this. Is this, is this one also supposed to be Paris Hilton? Well, yeah. It's supposed to be 313. I changed it to 310 because that would make okay. sense for Beverly Hills. You know, where, where Ryland claims to be. It is busy. Skype's right. That's, that's I, I don't know what to say. Maybe, maybe it's getting called off the hook, but on the other hand, um, this is not listed up there. It's listed as 313, and I changed it to 310. Now, that doesn't require genius to think about, but uh, hmm, I might call later and see if I can talk to Paris Hilton. One day I'm going to reach one of these. One day. I mean, we've reached, on previous radio shows, we've reached celebrities. We talked to... Uh, Coolio, who then threatened to kill Brandon. So, 
Yeah, on uh, I think it was on Jacep's show that we talked to Ava Devine, but I understand that there's been many conversations with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, there. She, I wouldn't say she's a celebrity, but Coolio, I'd give him credit as a celebrity. And, uh, you know, we reached him, and he even, uh, he had a long interview with us, believing we were a, a radio station in Bakersfield. <laughs> That's good. And that That's we, a good plan. And that so we you got to go on with the plan. And we were pitching him a, a new movie of uh, Dangerous Minds 2. But, uh, yeah. Was he, uh, was he feeling it? Yeah. Hold on. A Brown 83 just posted contactanycelebrity.com. Let's see. I mean, even even if these even if these are legit, you know that their numbers are just getting slammed, and they're just not picking up anymore. Yeah, that's the problem. Contactanycelebrity.com gives you instant, unlimited access to over sixty thousand celebrities and public figures all over the world, plus contact information for the agent, manager, publicist, attorney, production company, and charitable cause for each one. This is really obnoxious. And the research this, staff uh, updates the database every day. It actually has this like, woman on top Go of the webpage speaking out. to me. Simply click on the Join Now button, and you'll get instant access for just $1. I hate that. You'll also get free research requests, postage refunds, and weekly postage celebrity refunds? gift bag opportunities, along with their 100% risk-free satisfaction guarantee. There's nothing to lose. Postage refunds? So go ahead and join now. What is that these days, 70 cents? You know what I hate are sites that claim, just give us your credit card so we can verify you're real, but we're not charging you anything? Yeah. How often do you think that ever happens where they really don't charge you anything? And people like, uh, never, I yeah, don't know. Like, like porn sites are very common with this. Like you click and it says, uh, join for free now. And you click to join. And then it says, this site is totally free. We don't require any kind of money for premium access. We just need to verify you're over 18. So please enter your credit card. I'm like, uh, no, I, I thought the trick was you get like the three day trial. And then after that, they start automatically recurring. Yeah. That's what, that's what like, I figured it would be. And then very yeah. hard to cancel. I mean, that's what Jeremy Johnson was doing, not with porn, but Jeremy Johnson had all these uh, automatically billing uh, credit card things where, uh, where where you unwittingly sign up for subscriptions to something or other, and it just keeps billing you. And whenever you call them and say, hey, stop billing me, they, they are either unreachable or say they'll stop and then don't, and you just keep getting auto-billed every month. So, like, he pulled that so many times, and that's how he made that fortune of $750 million off this. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he was a $750 million telemarketing scammer who also dabbled in online poker payment processing. So. Uh, that sounds sounds like bad guy really wants you to call him. I don't know why he can't call me. Yeah, exactly. There, uh, There's the Mount Charleston phone. That's available. Yeah, let me, give, let me give you the phone number here. Okay, you know, he doesn't want me to call him. He wants me to call a number, and this is an 818 number, which is in L.A. So he says... He's giving me this number, 818-something. Druff, call that number. Trust me. Ask him how he knows like the Duke. What does that even mean? Uh... Ask him how he knows. i got to understand the call before I make it. I, I can't say, how do you know like the Duke? That doesn't even make sense in English. The Duke of Fremont? It could be a lot of Dukes. It's Luke. the only Duke I know. Luke the Duke? I know the Duke of Earl. I don't know Luke the Duke. I'll give it a try. I can't believe I'm doing this. Luke the Duke. Hello? 
Hello. Yeah, hey. Hello. Yeah, hi. Hi. Um I I I'm calling uh I'm calling on behalf of Luke the Duke. Uh-huh. Um he wants to know what the message is. He wants to know what? Luke the Duke wants to know what uh-huh. your mess what your message is for him. He sent me to call you. He said you have a message for him. What kind of message? He said you have one for him. What, what, what do you have to say for... What, okay, I don't even know. How do you even know Luke the Duke? He, he didn't tell me how you know him. He just had to call up and you have a message for him. I'm sorry, what again? Luke the Duke told me huh? to call you uh-huh. and that you know him and that you have a message for him that you will tell me and I will give to him. You're telling me that's not true? I don't have any message to give you. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, do you know Luke the Duke? Yes, I know. How do you know him? I'm known from the sports service. From sports betting? Mm-hmm. And you don't have a message for Luke the Duke. Now, is he your bookie? No, he's my friend. He's your friend. Okay. So you know him through sports betting. And you're telling me that despite knowing him through sports betting, you have absolutely no message even though he thinks you have one. No. Okay. He also wanted me to know if uh, he should adopt this as his personal theme song. What do you think? Do what? He wants this to be his theme song. Listen. Basically, he wants it wherever he walks into a room, he's going to like bring. A, he's gonna have on his phone an MP3 that he can play. That like whenever he enters the room, people hear. Do you think that's a good idea to have a, the Duke of Earl playing when he comes in the room? Mm-hmm. You do. He, he said he wanted your opinion on this. If you think the Duke of Earl is a good theme song for him. I'm gonna call. I have no opinion. You have no opinion. Okay, well, you, you could go either way on this one. Would it bother you if he, if Luke the Duke came in the room and played this? No. So it'd be okay. You, you, so it, it wouldn't make you feel good, but it, it wouldn't bother you either. Yes. Okay. So uh, so he's your friend, Luke the Duke, and uh, what what's your general opinion of him? What do you think he bets too much? You think he's got a sports betting habit? Hold on, hold on. He's on other line. Hold on. Okay. I have no idea what we're doing here. I'm being told to ask him about the airport. I have no idea who I'm talking to here. One million dollars. Hello. Yes, hello. Yes. Is so, it a radio station? Uh, there's no radio station, no. So uh, uh, so the question is, how do you... What about the airport? What do you mean about the airport? What about the airport? Have you had any anything occur at the airport recently that you think is notable? The airport? Has anything, have you been to the airport recently? Which airport? Any airport. No. You have not been at any what airport. Is no airport? Is you talking about? When's the last ta- time you were at? talking about? Is he talking about long time ago? Yeah, a long time ago. For a, 
Oh, yeah. Then I went to the airport. I crashed the car. Uh-oh. Which car did you crash? A rental car. A rental car. So what happens? Did you have a collision damage waiver, or did you have to pay for it? No, no. I had the insurance. Oh, yeah, the insurance. So so you're you're a big fan yes. of the collision damage waiver, then? You'd, you'd recommend yeah, everybody... Yeah, the first, the first night in Pittsburgh, I went, I went to jail. I see. So, so you paid like nine dollars. You paid like nine dollars a day for a collision damage waiver, and you got out of the whole thing. No, then I, then I, then I bought it. Where then are I you? Bought, uh, when I rent a car, I got the collusion. Everything did it, include. Yeah, that's good. I'm saying you, uh, you got out of the whole thing because you paid nine dollars a day yes, for yes. the collision uh, damage waiver. That's great. So, right, right, where, right. Where, where are you right now? You're, uh, you're in a place that's I'm very at loud. Home. You, you live in a very loud home. It's it's nine fifty three p.m. right because, now. Because we are in the we are in the party right now. Are oh, you having a party? Okay. Well, I, yeah. I don't want to interrupt the party. Okay. Well, you know, thank you for the information. I'll I'll give the Duke the message Thanks. that you're okay with his song. Thank you. Okay. Bye. All right. That's uh, the guy's got a very lively home. I'll say that. Wish my home was that exciting. Sounds like a real rager. It's ten o'clock on a Tuesday night. It sounds like he's in a bar. He's at his home. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, I figured he's out at a restaurant or something. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna, is this Paris Hilton again? No, this is Vin Diesel, supposedly. Okay. Sad that the only one we reached is the one who knew the Duke of Earl. Ask him about Dungeons and Dragons. That was bad guy's idea for us to call that. I have no idea what uh, we just called. Yeah. You reached after Higashi. Sorry, I missed you. What? Please leave me a number. Vin Diesel. I will get back. We're not even getting the gender right tonight. We're not even getting half the population right. Now, these tips are a bust, Todd. They're terrible. I'm going to stop paying attention to everybody. All right. Well, I, I think I think we're done here. I think we've. Uh... I guess people are just like putting their friends' phone numbers up there as a joke. Yeah, or something. I don't know what's happening here. I think I'm too gullible. So, uh, you know, just just for tonight. I think we're going to do something different for the end of the show. No all in the family this time. We've got the Jeffersons instead. Oh, hold the phone. Hold the, hold the phone. Hold the phone. Uh-oh. I just disconnected seriously. Yeah, sports. Hello. What's up? Bad guy twenty three. Let me put uh, seriously serious back on. I, I kind of lost him. I, I messed this whole thing up. I, I started with a bad record scratch that wasn't timely. Oh, now he's hanging it up. Says on he's me. on hold. Is it says he's on hold? Oh, damn it. Yeah, it says that on the chat. I'm on hold. Damn it. I hate when Skype does that to me. Here, call call right back in. Call on hold. I can't even get this damn thing off hold. Their Skype is terrible. Their Skype is absolutely terrible. I'm going to call Seriously Serious back here. There we go. Todd, whole, how could you? The whole ba- gang back together. Bad guy, hello. What's up? So what's, go- what's going on? Is that bad a guy? record scratch? What yeah, are you guys doing? Yeah. What's the record scratch about? I, it's it's a, a new bit here. So... 
Who is this guy we called? Dude, that guy is gold. That guy is gold. If you to play it right, I wanted to call on another number. I had to go back and look for it. Oh, dude, this guy's money, man. He's is like he Ken. Saying, he's like he's like no. He's fucking nuts, dude. But I met this guy because I was pranking sports services back in like 1992, and and they had him call me to like quit pranking them. So <laughs> I had him prank everybody I knew, and that's how I met this guy. So what, he's been making... he was trying to tell you. So so he actually was calling you like 20 years ago when you were pretty young, obviously. Yes. That to, to yeah, ask I, you to stop. I was, I was 17 years old at, at the time. To, to ask you to stop pranking people, and then you somehow talked him to be a, a prank caller himself. Right, and what I had him do because it was hilarious. I had him call my cousin first and act like he was a porn director, and my cousin never hung up. And we were taping these calls. This is when you had cassette tapes. And my cousin never hung up, and he said, well, you got to to do gay porn and all this. Maybe you hear how the guy talks, but he was, like, really, I guess he's in front of us. He has a wife and kid now, but he's still crazy. And I found his number today, but this guy's totally nuts. The, the sports services, I'm talking about the guy that you've seen on Two for the Money, Linemaster, Stu Finer, the guys that portrayed this guy. I would prank them all the time. They would call long distance for me and everything. They had this guy call me thinking I would stop by him calling. And instead, I had him. Man, I had him prank the, my school and say he was Sonya Patel's dad, and she was sucking dick in the hallway. It was hilarious. She got called down the office the next. Like it was a Friday, she got called down on Monday. <laughs> there was a whole big. No one knew. Now, who now, why, why did we you do this? Hold, hold on. Hold on. Why, why did you do this to poor Sonia about saying that she was sucking dick? What, what did she because, do? To... Right, baby, how do you think I was so good at the prank call when I pranked you, man? I mean, I was prank calling people though. I used to be like you in a way about prank calling people. And we used to do that all the time before the Jerky Boys came out and all that bullshit. Well, yeah, yeah. The question is, what made you choose Well, this guy was right. Did you hear him? You didn't really hear him because, I mean, he he didn't get into his act. But this guy would call me on the phone. He'd be like, I want to fuck your mother. He would say all these things. I call him the Iraqi assassin, dude. And then I met the guy. I I actually, first time I went to L.A., I went out there and met this guy. I went with my buddy. Flew out there. We're only 18. This guy's older than me, man. He's like 10. He's like 14 years older than me. Stayed at his house in Van Nuys at Sherman Oaks. But when I flew out to play, man, I mean, he gave us his maximum, anything we wanted to do. I went to a party in Beverly Hills. I mean, he he, he lives, that's where he lives, man. He lives, I think he lives in Tarzana now, I, I, I believe. Well, it sounds, like, it, sounds like his, it sounds like his house is a constant party from what I heard. No, man, it's just his wife. and He probably has a fucking gambler. He's a degenerate gambler, man. The guy's nuts. He told me today he loses $5,000 a week. He hasn't won in seven weeks. He pays his bookie five grand every week. Five to seven grand every week, this guy. I said, what do you gamble for? You should have heard him calling us on the phone. Where's, where's he getting that kind of money? How's he, how's he have the money to lose five to seven K every week? I, 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 bro, I, I know this. When I went out there and met him, his cousin, who's a midget, which is even funnier, has a house in Beverly Hills. I was at a party in Beverly Hills with all these fucking foreigner-looking people. Like, I mean, they were like, I mean, I call him the Iraqi assassin. I don't think he's Iraqi. I know he doesn't eat pork, but you should have seen these people, man. Like, they, dude, the bathroom outside, they had a tennis court. I mean, it was in Beverly Hills. I mean, I, that's where I was at. So the, he he comes from money. Uh, it's a residential I mean, he, residential he definitely neighborhood. has money. A residential neighborhood, for sure. Okay, well, uh, it was definitely residential, man. Maybe we'll call him. But no, this guy's a golden, golden call if we make it at the right time. Maybe we'll call him again. This wasn't the right time. Maybe we'll call him next week. So wait, wait, wait! I'm not done yet, man. What are you doing? You want to cut me off already? So maybe I'm done. 
Well, I know. What's wrong with you, man? You don't like me anymore. No, it's, it's 10 o'clock. I don't know. I'm just kind of burned out. Come on, man. We got to talk about Bitcoins. No, I, I don't feel like talking about Bitcoins. Uh, come on, man. Jeff, what's wrong, man? Fuck Brandon. Get his name off the show. It's bringing you down, man. Well, no, next, I said next week we will have an answer as to either a... I mean, you don't have to kiss this guy's ass. It's you that uh, makes I'm not, this I'm not, show I'm anyway, not kissing man. anybody's ass. Brandon's my friend, but what I'll say here is that, uh, yes, we're going to come to a conclusion of whether the show is going to continue being the Druff and Drexel show or if it's going to be changed to something else. And if he's coming back, and if he is coming back, when he's coming back, that will all be revealed by next week. Hey, you know I had a tailgate party today for the show. What, a tailgate you see par- that? A tailgate party At what? 105 p.m. Eastern time, there's a tailgate party going on in your honor, man. You don't even appreciate it. I, I did not Unbelievable. Know. I'm telling you, I'm seriously serious. He was in there for a minute. He was freestyle rapping. Huh. Todd, how could you? Hmm. <laughs> I'm anyway, brother, you know I love this show. I'm giving you a hard time to bust your balls, man. I, I appreciate what you do. I look forward to it every week, man. Okay, thank you, bad guy. You guys take care of yourself. Hey, and don't lose that number. That Iraqi assassin's gold. Well, you can give it again next week. All right, brother. Take care. Okay, thank you. That's Bad Guy 23, a usual caller to this show. Always towards the end for some reason. Okay, I'm starting the Jeffersons again. I'm not letting anyone interrupt them this time. Listen here, brother. The Druffster's had enough of your phone calls. <laughs> the Druffster. What you gonna do when Druff Mania What's out of you? You know, Hulk Hogan... Yeah once told Ken Scaler to stop masturbating. True story. In 1986, this happened. He said to Ken, what do you want to have? One really big right arm and one little skinny left arm? You should be pumping iron, not pumping your thing. He really said this to Ken. On K-Rock, a famous radio station in L.A. Hit the gym, brother. Get some 24-inch pythons. So, anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, Seriously Serious, for coming on. Once again, very good co-host. Everybody enjoys having you on here. And this is a shorter end song, so i got to say what i got to say quickly. We'll be back next week, April 16th at 7 p.m. And really, 7 p.m. this time. I'm actually showing up on time. And uh, we will have an answer about Brandon by that point. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Whether it's in the archives, whether it's in the live broadcast wherever it is thank you for being here good night and shalom